0: Welcome everyone to Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops podcast. Episode probably around seven, I think, is it?
1: Jordan? Seven, yeah. Seven,
0: seven yeah. Uh I am Chris Dredd and this is my main man, Jordan JB. How you doing, What's big man? All right.
1: What's going
0: on? Yeah, man. Cool. It's quite hot today. It's quite hot. It, feel, it feels feels yeah, like muggy. summer. Feels like summer. So um Welcome to everyone to another episode of Chat, Grapple and Cheat Pops podcast. Um, I mean, the last episode, the the numbers we got on that was absolutely overwhelming. And I don't know if it was where we posted it in different places and we got a bit more of a response, but we literally, it is our most viewed video to date. And we thank every Incredible. single person that that watched it, listened to it. Um Fantastic, isn't it, Jay? Like...
1: It, it, was, it was an amazing response to a show that we, you know, we expected a certain number and it was more than doubled. And, yeah, we, we got nothing but gratitude for everyone that watched it, everyone that listened to it. And we thank you.
0: We do thank you lots and lots. Uh, we got loads of views on YouTube. That is where we post all our videos and where you are probably or maybe watching this right now. Uh, we are also on a variety of other platforms, podcast platforms. Uh, we're on, here we go, reel off the list. We're yeah, on uh, Podbean, Spotify, Deezer, Castbox, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Listen Notes. Um, and tune in radio we're on now. So um, we're also on Instagram and Twitter at chat Grapple Pops. Jordan hits up the Twitter hard. I'm still slacking on that one. Um, you know we are we're just happy to be back with another episode. and what is the event we are covering today, bruv?
1: It's we're diving back into the uh, World Wrestling Federation. And we are at SummerSlam nineteen ninety. Summerslam uh, nineteen ninety. When this first aired, I was three years old.
0: Yeah, I was uh I was about eight. I was about so seven have, or eight when this was on.
1: I have no memories of it but of watching it live or anything like that. I've have seen it before. Watching it back again. Mixed mixed memories, I think.
0: A weird one. I think when you watch it when you're younger, um, and this era of wrestling was a lot different to what we're watching now. It was very very much character-based, it was very much um storyline orientated and not necessarily the, the the ring work didn't always match up with it, the matches weren't always that that long. I mean, we will see there was a, a shed load of matches in the in this event, three hours long. And the longest match was probably 10 minutes or something like that?
1: Yeah, nothing. Nothing went long. Nothing went more than maybe 12 minutes, maybe 15. I mean, I watched it on the network again. That's that's our thing. Everyone that knows that. Chris watched it on something else.
0: The VHS baby, as always. Watched it on the VHS, which came with the uh, double sided collectible commemorative poster as well. Oh, sweet. Yeah, baby, trust me. And the advert at the beginning of this was saying, and all you guys who watch videos and that uh, will know that sometimes it came with little pin badges, sometimes it came with posters, sometimes it came with um, bloody bandanas, uh, little like 3D hologram, holographic things. Um, so yeah, VHS will probably be me watching it all the time. JB's on the on the network. I'm also on the network, but I always like to watch the, the um, Coliseum video or um, Silver Vision. Uh, well,
1: you know that's it. We tend to every now and again we get some Coliseum video exclusives that, Indeed. you know the network just doesn't give us. Uh, no countdown show uh, that we could find, but there was SummerSlam Fever. Um, which was a USA network special, which was in place of primetime that week. And it was um it was a weird little show that was.
0: It was quite long. What was it, like an hour and a half or two hours or something?
1: Only two hours, yeah. I caught it on I caught it on YouTube. Yep. And it was, yeah, it was a strange show. Um we won't go too far into this one because it's like I said, it's a prime time episode, it's nothing of great sort of note, but um
0: it was um, like you it watch. was setting them up, though, George, wasn't it? It was. It, it was, was very much
1: a lead-in, yeah. It was so.
0: definitely. They used to do this a hell of a lot because everything was all storyline based, basically, and it was they were just pushing what they wanted to get in before this event. So it was, yeah, yeah just basically setting the scene.
1: Um, quick notes for me, uh, Sherry, Sensational Queen Sherry, her promo on this show. Was absolute fire.
0: She looks brilliant as well. You know uh, what we're talking about this um, SummerSlam Fever show.
1: Yeah, SummerSlam Fever.
0: When she was painted as a cat, when she had yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, her face paint in SummerSlam '90 is amazing, and her costumes and everything. She looks a million bucks, and she's always she always looks a million bucks. We love Sherry on this show. Love her.
1: Anyone's looking like how to cut a promo or anything like that, just watch some sensational Sherry. She absolutely got it. She knew how to get everything over in the time she had. And we'll get to Sherry a little bit later on as well in the show. Um, It's absurd how over Hogan is. I think it's absolutely incredible. How... How one man can be that over with a with an audience? With, I mean, you just don't see it, or I don't see it now, anyway.
0: You you don't really see it now. Um, it it's he uh, it was just. I mean, I don't know if it was the, the 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 height of of the time. You know, it was. You know, nineteen ninety. We we're, we're seeing a lot of um, pro American, pro military kind of stuff like uh, patriotism. Uh, in this event itself as well. But, you know, Hogan was American made. Uh, ha-ha, you like that little... Yeah, uh, very good. So, you know, you know who wrote that, by the way? Uh,
1: Jimmy Hart. Was Jimmy
0: it? Hart, dude. You know who yeah. also um, composed the bloody NWO Wolfpack theme?
1: Jimmy Hart. Yeah. Jimmy, the music man.
0: Crazy, dude. And a, a yeah. lot of the time, that's why they cut music out of some things on the network, because they don't want to... They don't want to pay royalties for certain things.
1: Well, they, they've done that with Rick Rude's theme across the network. The whole have, thing.
0: Have they really? Yeah,
1: I'm what, not even really sure. Even in this event? Uh, yeah, even in this one. They've dubbed it over with some weird sort of stripper song. But...
0: And this is why people, you know, when they when your mum says... When you when you when you was a kid and you used to say to your mum, Oh, the ice cream man's here, can we go and get an ice cream? She's going, No, we've got chalk ices in the fridge. When I say, Oh, you know, people don't get the network, you got the network at home. Here we go. Videos (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fucking cutting out music.
1: Yeah. How can uh, you cut out the music
0: and then have him say cut the music? Jesus. Yeah,
1: it's uh, well they they do dub over some music, but it's it's, it's a cheap knockoff. Oh. And when they dub it over, you can't really hear Vince and Piper in the show, which is even more annoying. Right. Um, back to SummerSlam fever. Heenan, Bobby Heenan ripping into the Boss Man's mother.
0: Oh yeah, and the, goes. It's, it, Vince goes, "What has she ever done to you?" And he's like, "Sometimes some people are here just to entertain people. <laughs> and it's like they're just ugly." <laughs> <laughs> She'd want to ride um, in the trunk. <laughs> I
1: have a, I have a bit of a controversial one, and I'm just going to say it quickly: uh, Shane Douglas against Euro Express in a jobber role. Nice to see him staying in his lane. Yeah, <laughs> <Bit shamed>. um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't help it, you know.
0: You're not, um, you're not a Shane Douglas franchise fan.
1: No, never have, never will.
0: Well. He's got Are a very, you? he's got a very good couple of shoot interviews as well, people. By the way, on the Hannibal TV, just to. Uh,
1: Who's he shooting you. on? Why is he shooting on anyone?
0: He was shooting on uh, the Click, giving a little insight into the oh, story. That, oh, that's
1: why he didn't get over it. It was the Click's fault.
0: Well, I mean, no, he was talking about Jack, um, the Quebecer. Dean, Dean yeah. Douglas. Dean Douglas. Did you not even yeah. like him in ECW? No. No. Oh, fuck, man.
1: He's probably the worst world champion I've ever seen. And we've lived through Jeff Jarrett years. Um,
0: (laughs) We've had Jarrett.
1: uh, Paul Romer's dropkick, sweet Jesus. Yep. He wipes out that guy in in the uh, SummerSlam Fever show.
0: Uh, this is available yeah, that, on, on YouTube, guys, as well. YouTube, yeah. Um What's it yeah. called? Just um, SummerSlam 1990, SummerSlam Fever Summer or something? SummerSlam Fever, yeah, 1990,
1: yeah. 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 So check um,
0: it out. It's really entertaining. It's a really good watch. Um,
1: thank you to whoever posted that, because that was, that was good fun. Yeah, it's good. And now the uh, World Wrestling Federation presents a double main event. <laughs> Vince is screaming and shouting, brought it all like all back to you. Um, it is it is the heat returns. SummerSlam ninety. We're in the Spectrum in Philadelphia, famous for its uh, Rocky filming, I guess. And uh, yeah, that. Apollo like, Creed. Yeah, Rocky one. If um, and yeah, we are here at the Spectrum Philly, and it's a big crowd. It's a, clearly a hot crowd. In our commentary booth tonight, we have we have a very strange duo. It is Vince and Roddy Piper. Fans love Piper. I get it. You know, everyone loves Piper, but he's not the guy for commentary. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, I always big, was a... big chance, though, for Roddy at the beginning.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I've always been a fan of Vinnie Mack on commentary. Um, he did get slightly annoying with the one, two, three, no, he didn't get it. You know, he, with the, he always used to do that, you know. But, um, I, I mean, he used to hype it up really well. He used to gas things up. You know, his voice was just definitely like, you, you know, your classic radio voice.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: Enjoyed Vince on
1: commentary. This is, a, this is a pop crazy show. There are pops everywhere, huge ones. I mean, none bigger than one that comes later on. But the first one is for the Rockers, who are match number one. Rockers against power and glory with the good Reverend Slick. I don't he's not the Reverend yet, though. No, he's he's the
0: uh, um, the thingy of style.
1: Uh, The doctor of style. Doctor of style.
0: Um, Can I just say as well, in the intro where we've got um, Vince McMahon and Roddy Piper, um, Roddy Piper, the first words that he says is... um, We're here in Philadelphia where bagpipes are hot and Baghdad's not. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) There's a few dodgy things that Piper says in in this uh, pay-per-view where some people hold the view that Piper wasn't possibly as pc as he could have been, and he, 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 some people say he could have been a racist, or he could have, you know, and certain things slip out. And I mean, I watched. Um, what was I watching? It was, I think, it was a shoot interview actually, or one with loads of different clips from Bad News Brown. And but it, it started off. I, I watched one clip when he was talking about when Andre the Giant shot on him um yeah. uh, it, it during during a match but then there was loads of other clips and it was there was bits talking about the Roddy Piper when he blacked himself up half of his face on was it WrestleMania 6 3 was it WrestleMania was it? 3 I can't
1: remember now it was one it of the WrestleMania it yeah it was a yeah. WrestleMania
0: yeah. and 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 basically that was that was I mean I also saw a clip of Piper admitting that it was his idea to black up because they went into the meeting and uh, he said, "Oh, you know, we're going to do this thing," and it was like, you know, Cindy Lauper, True Colors had come out, and then you had this, and then and he said, "I'm going to paint, I'm going to paint myself half black," and Vince McMahon reportedly said, "I love you," to it, <laughs> the idea of that. Oh, <laughs> and for, then, those that,
1: for those that are listening to this, I just hung my head. He hung exactly. his head
0: sh- You know, it it was like. <laughs> And Bad News Brown, they asked him, you know, is this okay? And he was like, do you know what? Yeah, whatever. He said, you know, I'm not going to be the one. He said, but some brother somewhere is going to get hold of him and kick the shit out of him. He said, it won't be me, but some brother is going to take that one way and kick the shit out of him one day. He said, whatever, man. Do whatever you want, you know.
1: Well, we should remind remind ourselves it's 1990. There are things that are acceptable then that aren't acceptable now.
0: Well, they were never Um, acceptable, Jordan, but they were just – they they were accepted. They were well, never accepted. Yeah,
1: they, they were accepted yeah. on <clears throat> on a show in nineteen ninety, which is, you know Vince is in charge of. And I mean, like I said, a lot of the stuff that Roddy Piper does, I tend I haven't noted it down because I didn't want to repeat it. That was more for me than. Well,
0: whereas I have noted it down and I shall repeat it because not because it's funny, but just because, you know, we've got to keep that in in perspective, you know, especially what, you know, this was shaping this was shaping kids minds, dude, you know, um, of yeah. the time, you know, and, you know, 1990 is 30 years ago. You know, it fucking hell. It uh, thirty years ago. It doesn't seem like that long ago, but thirty years ago is thirty years ago. And at this point, had they had, they'd had a black tag team champion. That was it,
1: yeah.
0: And that was it. They they hadn't had uh, a black heavyweight champion. Um,
1: I mean, I don't know. Yeah.
0: You know, I don't know who they who they could have had. I mean, maybe Butch Reed.
1: Um. At one yeah, point. I mean, they're not putting any titles on Coco Beware, are they? So,
0: no. You
1: know? Um, Bert, Virgil.
0: But, oh, yeah. mate, it, it's... No. Um, yeah, it's just... <clears throat> so, may, maybe not because they, they didn't have the talent there. They had had a black um, tag team champion, which was... um you know,
1: Dog was there for a Ch-JYD
0: while. JYD was there. He could have had a title run, wouldn't he? I mean, carrying <laughs> the belt alongside all the chains was probably quite heavy to put in his bag. Yeah. But, um... You know could have had j y d, but yeah, it was a different time as as Jordan's saying, basically, so some things that get said in this they weren't they're not acceptable now, they probably weren't acceptable then, but they were accepted because it yeah. was a time where fucking we, you know shit was said that shouldn't have been, so anyway, we shall move on
1: we we yeah, we'll start, we get sort of rockers against power and glory, and Hercules straight away goes after Michaels. Before long, before HBK yep. goes after him with the chain and, on the knees, yeah, batters him with the with the chain on his knee. We get <clears throat> something between world class and ludicrous on a cell job from Michaels for this. Something that only gets worse as the sh- as the uh, match goes on. Piper says perhaps they've been ta- dating too many young girls. Yeah, because, because they're looking the sluggish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he did not seem intent on putting the rockers over. He was there to put over power and glory. And that was yeah. It. Yeah. Um, again, because they're not long matches, there's not a lot of notes on them. So, you know, things will, will move a little bit quickly with these matches. Um, I noticed Giannetti Sandbag in Hercules.
0: Um, yeah. On, a, on a, a couple of them as well. Yeah. Um, um,
1: Hercules not, not being bothered in the slightest. He just, if, Jeanette, he didn't want to go up Hercules was picking him up anyway.
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's crazy though because like you're saying the, the ridiculousness of um the ridiculousness of Michaels selling his knee was was fucking unbelievable. I don't know whether he was doing that to show I mean Michaels is known for overselling as a rib <laughs> inverted commas. Yeah. Um but you know if you're gonna rib people don't fucking Ribbon in the ring when you've got like thousands of people and watching and
1: millions on TV. You know, for my own reference, I did check it. There was no real injury to Michaels. They do work later on down the line, like they carry on working. In like they do have a title match in like October or something with the heart. I, I
0: don't understand because he didn't play. it uh, why would he do that? Well, uh, but maybe it. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine that Michaels. It's, it's been known that Michaels is a jerk at some times and says he don't want to work with these people or do this or do that or do the other and don't want to put people over or whatever. But I don't think at this point they had that much stroke. I can't imagine. I
1: think they'd already been fired once. They had already that.
0: been fired once. And, you know, it. I can't imagine the only thing... I mean, why didn't he get involved in the match? Was that the whole angle? Like, I mean, it's a bit shit for a first match of a, of a pay-per-view of a SummerSlam. You know, it's... Um, it, it was it was terrible, really. I mean, they could have... The Rockers were great workers and they could have had a really good match against the Power and the Glory. I don't, <clears throat> I don't understand why this was chosen as an angle, apart from maybe Michaels was like, yeah, fuck that, I'm not working with these two,
1: and just and did it himself. Which makes me believe that Michaels, as part of the team, I think janetti was probably fine to work it. Michaels might not have been, but there's a bit of disrespect And power and glory clearly feel that because it's a nice, it's a nice superplex from Hercules and a splash from Roma, and Roma decides to just stick the boot on the chest for the pin.
0: Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, I
1: mean that is yeah, that's the
0: ultimate fuck you, isn't it?
1: And something I noticed as well, and this is, I mean, this you don't really see this until way down low when John Cena's around. You can hear the male sort of group in the crowd cheering for power and glory
0: yeah they were whooping hooting and hollering um yeah where, where you you could see it you could physically see it when power and glory were laying into the rockers
1: and yeah it's a it was a you know something to push the power and glory on. i i honestly thought that rockers would be taken off tv after this but they weren't so who knows what was going on in the minds um power and glory continue the beat down and then we get to the most ridiculous part of Sean Michaels is selling. There's a stretcher being brought down for him. He's rolling around and squealing and all sorts of things. It's fucking ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it is. It is ridiculous selling. It's, um, well, it's not selling. It's overacting. It, it yeah. wasn't needed. Um, it's a big, yeah. yeah, it's shit. It's rubbish. Um, you know, and we've seen Michaels oversell before. We've seen him in the ring with Hulk Hogan. Um, we've seen, you know, when he was doing the ridiculous bumps off the corners, taking the headshots and flying back, and that. We've seen it's him funny
1: do because we've seen him. We've seen him pull off absolutely world class sell jobs. Oh yeah, like the one against the one against Owen Hart on Raw, where he takes the Insegiri, like in like mid nineties. is amazing. And then we've got this. It's like, oh, okay.
0: But that's that's what makes me think even more that Shawn Michaels isn't what or maybe he isn't now, but he was an absolute fucking prick at times. Because no, Yeah, you, know, you
1: have to listen to the interviews, yeah. The you, I
0: mean, what a fucking jerk sometimes, man. Fucking go out there, do your business. And and the fact is, Shawn Michaels, one of the greatest workers to ever work in the business, that was never. In, that's never in any doubt because some of the matches he's had have just been have been absolutely incredible. But he, he has been a fucking world-class jerk as well. Um, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, did you really need to be that much of a prick?
1: It, yeah, it did, didn't do it for me. I just, it was laughable and like, you sort of, that was it. It wasn't, there was no concern. And I'm sure people noticed that. Uh, we cut we in one of many cutaways to an interviewer, and this is something that will get on our sort of, you know, getting our nerves towards like the middle and end of the show. We cut to Sean Mooney. Nothing against Sean Mooney. Uh, we've missed the perfect and Bobby Heenan. First appearance of Bobby Heenan for the night, and uh, yeah, there's a, not a lot to say. Perfect mentions how he's absolutely perfect. Heenan. Talked about Texas tornadoes in general. Yeah.
0: The, "What did you say? All they do is He's seen them all. Yeah. You've seen them one. You've seen them all. All they do is just kick up a little bit of dust up and down the Panhandle. That's it. Yeah. You know.
1: And he, they um, say and he's, they, the, um,
0: he's the perfect manager as well. They say, yeah, and the he per- is the no. perfect manager. And anyone who disagrees is wrong.
1: Yeah. You can you can at us on Twitter, but we'll just disagree with you anyway. Yeah.
0: Because Heenan <laughs> is God.
1: Um, yeah, they end it with nobody meets, nobody beats Mr. Perfect. Nobody. And, uh, then it's uh, yeah, we cut to Piper again and I've got under here just straight away. Just Piper. Isn't that funny?
0: He's not that funny. No, no.
1: um, again, nothing against Piper because he is a legend and icon, all that stuff, but him on commentary just does not work. And we'll move on. Um, We also have an interview with uh, Mean Gene and uh, the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich. Uh, It's a weird one because, I don't know, to you, Kerry looks a little strung out.
0: Kerry, Kerry, by this time, he had been wrestling for four years with with one foot. Um, So if anyone doesn't know the story of the Texas Tornado, a.k.a. Kerry Von Erich... He comes from a family, a, a troubled family, where you know something like how many brothers were there in the von Erichs? Six,
1: five, I think, five. five. Or six, yeah.
0: And out of out of all of them, four of them committed suicide, and the dad committed suicide as well. Correct?
1: I'm not sure about Fritz.
0: I think I think <laughs> I think he might have done. Um, and but Kevin I think,
1: Kevin is still alive. yeah. Kevin,
0: yeah, Kevin is is the only one that that didn't. Um, and Texas tornado Kerry Von Erich in nineteen eighty six had a motorcycle accident and damaged his foot so badly that it had to be amputated. But he didn't think to tell anybody that he'd had his foot amputated and just carried on wrestling with one foot. Um, I mean, which is in,
1: it's, it's incredible in its own feet. I mean, it's like
0: in it's... in his own feet. Ah, oh, you see what he did there. Um, so <laughs> it's um it, it is a feat in itself. Um, yeah. you know, but. It's one of these things where Texas Tornado, he always had those kind of, in wrestling, they like to call them demons, inverted commas, you know, he always had those demons, you know, he had the the family issues, you know, he had the drug issues, he was in and out of jail at certain times, or at least being arrested um, on drugs charges. And the fact is, he was about to go to jail on drugs possession charges before he killed himself and he was literally yeah. just about to go to court sorry i keep uh, drinking me tea we're english we drink tea and i'm sipping yeah. it too much today but i'm thirsty so I, uh,
1: I don't really drink a lot of tea i drink stuff like this so i drink bad, enough yeah, for but...
0: both of us it's fine bro yeah. Um, so um, yeah, yeah Kerry, I mean,
1: you, he looks by, a little strung out
0: <laughs> yeah so th- by this time he, he he was probably quite strung out um, I mean, if you're going to be wrestling with one foot, you're going to be—it's going to be painful. It's going to be awkward. And when you know, and you watch him work, you can see him favor one one leg more so, only slightly, and he yeah, seems to drag one. You notice it. You notice it, but t- no one knew, dude. Did they? No, no one knew back then. And <laughs> literally until someone. Had a spot where they were trying to pull him back in the ring. Someone
1: pulled it off, yeah. And like, someone pulled his down. fucking
0: shoe off, and he—they—they're like, he's got one foot. Jesus, He's got a stump, yeah. Yeah, so but, um, yeah, they, he, they
1: denied that. They denied that, like, like crazy. They—they did. Um, yeah, nobody bumps like Mister Perfect, do they?
0: No, he, uh, he, he basically, he put he put Kerry over. In this. Kerry didn't do nothing in this match.
1: Not really. no.
0: He didn't do nothing. It was all fucking, it was all Mr. Perfect. Healthy it was all heavy. everything. Yeah. And, you know, even Heenan, <laughs> you know, where they had the bits at the beginning of the match where you'd have the Texas Tornado slapping, you know, uh, Perfect about whacking him and he slides out the ring. You had Heenan saying to him, don't worry, he's got to beat you. You're the champ. He's got to beat you. You know, you haven't got to beat him. You know, take yeah. your time. Calm down. You know, and he'd pat him down with a towel.
1: You know, great stuff. I mean, perfect I, and, he- and healing. Just... I can hear cheers for perfect as well in this. Brilliant. I, again, like this. Of course. You know, there is, there's clearly a fan base in that arena that Vince didn't want there. And uh, they were, they're cheering for some of the bad guys, which I always think is hilarious. Um, and again, it's a short match. There's nothing to it. Like, the the finish
0: was dog shit, man. It was... Texas,
1: yeah, Texas Tornado no cells, some slaps in the corner, put perfect in the iron claw or whatever it is. You know, they want to call it the claw.
0: It was the Von Erich claw, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, which, I mean, didn't really evoke much of a reaction. But the whirlwind punch or the tornado punch or whatever you want to call it, Perfect again. Sells it like an absolute champ mm-hmm. because he knows he's got to put it over.
0: Yeah,
1: and we get a freak out. And I mean, the the pop for the for the one, two, three was massive too.
0: Oh, I mean, Kerry Von
1: People were expecting it.
0: No, he but he looks a million dollars. If you were to if you were to look. At Kerry Von Erich, he looked like your '90s wrestler. He was fucking ripped. He had the long hair, you know. He 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 looked the absolute business. He had you oh. can't be a wrestler in the '90s and be a face and not have tassels on your boots. And he had fucking tassels <laughs> on his boots, you know. He,
1: plenty of tassels.
0: Plenty of tassels, mate. The amount of tassels is how much of a face you are, and he had fucking loads. And the way they set up before the claw, though, because. In the, in the post match interview with Mr. Perfect, he, he sells it. Was where Kerry Von Erich gets him in a slingshot, slingshots him into the corner, and he says that he hits his head on the post. Yeah. And that's yeah. what sent him a bit doolally before the claw and then the
1: the punch. It's, again, it's not, not a great match. It's one of the better ones on the show.
0: It wasn't too bad, but that uh, was only because a perfect was in it for yeah, me.
1: Mr. Perfect, Henan uh, does it. Yeah, and Heenan. Everything. And Bobby Heenan, yeah. Um, we go to Mean Jean, who had planned to talk with Thweet Sapphire. Indeed. Uh, but at this point, he says she's nowhere to be seen. And Heenan and Perfect just dive into shot. And Heenan is brilliant again. He's complaining. He's whining. He's saying that, you know, there was a three count beforehand. The referee can't count to three. Um, gene mean gene tells him not to cry and Bobby threatens him
0: yeah he calls him like a a bold little squirt or something
1: yeah <laughs> and yeah heenan is just he's so mad at this point
0: Heenan um, Heenan always did everything as if it was real and if he he he, he always sold everything you know and he was like <gasps> like he was he was so agitated and it was like you know can you calm down Bobby heenan you know it's like he he just sold it. It was absolutely great, and you know he that interview was absolutely fantastic, really really good. And and they keep saying you know oh no we need to bring that title back to the family. We need to bring yeah, it back to the family, absolutely. the Heenan family.
1: Which I mean it wasn't a big family at that point, was it?
0: No, I mean you had um, you had Rick Ravishing Rick Rude, you had Mister Perfect,
1: and Maybe. I can't.
0: And Haku, yeah.
1: Yeah. um, Andre had turned by this point. And yeah, I think that was it. Maybe the Barbarian.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Um, We cut to our next match, which is Sensational Queen Sherry against uh, Sweet Sapphire.
0: Sorry, dude, I find it really hard to say sweet sapphire without saying sweet Stefan.
1: Depp- you know, know without doing a dusty,
0: can't <laughs> do
1: a dusty sapphire is nowhere to be seen, and there's a little bit of confusion there in the ring. And then our, our man from the back, Rene Goulet, with the uh, I always struggled to remember who that was when I, was, I always wondered who it was when I was a kid, and I finally looked it up, and it was the geese with the blonde hair. And the earpiece. Yeah. Uh, Renee comes out to tell tell Howard Finkel they can't find her, and they give her thirty seconds to come to the ring. They play the music again, and Sherry wins by forfeit.
0: And yeah. just just gotta say, Sherry looked absolutely a million bucks in this. She comes out. She's got her face painted like a cat, a weird kind of cat creature again.
1: That, yeah.
0: yeah, and she's got like um like a butterfly kind of eye mask thing on um you know she just looks the fucking business man and sherry Martel, you know she she when they're doing the countdown it starts at 10 and they start counting down she grabs the mic she starts yeah, doing the she is just phenomenal the way she sells it and she's like put my hands up i'm the winner kind of thing you know it's heel I, class 101 it
1: it would probably be it was probably better than there, that there wasn't a match because I'm not sure. I don't think Sapphire was a worker in any way.
0: Sapphire is not a oh. worker. I mean, she couldn't even fucking dance, let alone work. <laughs> <laughs> and I know all you lot watching and everyone, you know you've seen Sweet Sapphire and Dusty Rhodes dancing and uh, they can't dance for shit.
1: And I'm, I'm also pretty sure Meltzer, Dave Meltzer, gave this two stars. So.
0: <laughs> what, the dancing or the match?
1: The match <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, we've got Mean Gene again this is this keeps happening this will happen all night long they keep cutting away back to our oh, oh sorry dude off.
0: yeah sorry I dude you've
1: yeah. got a video exclusive haven't you
0: no I haven't got a Coliseum exclusive but it's just um, a, a couple of things that Roddy said um, when they were waiting for Sapphire to come out yeah. one of them was Someone needs to give Sapphire a tap on the bum and see if that gets her out here. Did you catch that one? Yeah. And also says, maybe she's making pancakes back there. And I think that's an aunt Jemima reference. So you know, it's one of them ones where you've got to mention these things, but fucking hell, what a crazy time this was, you know, cocaine's a hell of a drug.
1: Uh, Yeah. And he, whenever the camera cuts to him, he does that once or twice. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dusty with Mean Gene, and Dusty has looked in every nook and cranny.
0: Every nook and
1: cranny. I just got to hear that Dusty is an incredible promo. It just.
0: It's got, and he's got another great promo at the end as well. When, yeah. the get tough, when you're going to get tough, Daddy? When you gonna get tough, Daddy? Great promo. It, I
1: mean, it has been. It's been five years since Dusty passed away, and it where's that time come?
0: Fucking crazy, man. Crazy.
1: I mean, Dusty even asks Hacks or Jim Duggan, who wanders into shop, like, has he seen her and, like, you know.
0: No, we're still had... we're still looking. We haven't found her. We're still looking. That was, like, the most cheesiest part of the promo. You
1: know, for context, Sapphire have been receiving gifts from an anonymous donor. Yeah. Um, but that ain't any of Dusty's business.
0: That ain't none of Dusty's business. She's happy. She's happy. Yeah. It was just, you know, I. She'd
1: been given all gifts. She'd been given cash and a mink coat or something. And,
0: uh, she'd been diamond. given a mink coat. She'd been given Cadillac. diamond rings, um, Cadillac, a trip around the world, you know. Uh, but that ain't just his business. Um, you know, it, it was. They were selling it like, yeah, obviously, she's been. She's now disappeared. No one knows where she is, but she'd been receiving all these lavish gifts. And, uh, yeah.
1: We get to our next match. The warlord. Holy shit. <laughs> this guy is fucking huge. Huge. And that, that ICO Pro, baby, that stuff must work. Oh, yeah. He, he must be drinking it by the barrel full. Um against Tito Santana before he was a matador. And we get a nice big Ariba from Vince. <laughs> we do. Chuckle.
0: But um, then we also get um. We also get Roddy saying, I was going to call him a taco vendor or a bean eater.
1: Yeah. Oh, just,
0: he can't help himself. He can't help himself.
1: And that was, yeah, he, he really couldn't help himself. <laughs> Vince says that the warlord's big all over. I'm not sure what that means.
0: And then Roddy goes, oh, is that is that so? Is that right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Santana goes out to the floor. For some reason, Slick takes his shoe off. It looks like he's going to hit him with his shoe. Piper says something about it's not hitting him with his shoe. It's chemical warfare.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, oh, Jesus. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, Vince at this point like says that the warlord's methodical. I say it looks like he's moving, moving through treacle. He's so slow. He's he also,
0: massive. he doesn't lay anything in either which yeah. I noticed. It it doesn't lay anything in solid. Even when Tito's lying on the floor and he's doing the stamps on his back, they look light and, and shit. Um, I don't know if, if Warlord was even a wrestler, you know, if he, if he was a bodybuilder to start with and he's one of these guys that's come in. and
1: Obviously, he gets better because he does have a relatively okay feud with British Bulldog later on down the line. But...
0: Yeah, it wasn't awful. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm not sure how, how green he is at this point.
0: But one thing I noticed as well, dude, this match was basically a squash match.
1: Uh, yeah. A squash on Tito Santana.
0: Yeah. It was basically, that's what all I've got is like basically a squash match. And it didn't I mean, last you know, long. Tito
1: does hit the flying forearm. Yep. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, Warlord gets his leg on the rope. And then we get a running power slam, which is which is Davies finisher mm. later on, and again, yeah, it was, a, it was a throwaway. It was nothing. I've got a Survivor Series promo next. Same. Uh, I don't know if you've got that yep. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. There's a there's a few Survivor Series promos and uh, um adverts and a few WrestleMania Seven adverts all the way through this uh, pay per view.
1: Uh, the Thanksgiving Night tradition Survivor Series '90, which would be the debut of One Undertaker. I'm sure we'll get to that at some point.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I've got the VHS, so I'll be watching the VHS, and Jordan will be on the
1: network, and we'll see what what Definitely tinkering can, they've done with that. We can that. complain about. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Sean Mooney is with Demolition. Not really sure what Smash is doing in this.
0: He, he does it all the time. He does that, this face.
1: Yeah. Person his lips and all that. I'm like, what are you doing, pal?
0: <laughs> he does it. Oh, oh, like that, you know. And he would later become another superstar, wouldn't he, after demolition?
1: Uh, the repo man, yeah. He'll
0: become the repo man. Um, um, but yeah, I've I've got that down here. Smash his face expressions of the oh, he always does it. And he okay. looks a bit camp when he does right. it. And yeah. the fact that they're dressed up like dominatrixes. Um, with the with the studded pants and the straps around the nipples, it's just yeah. really weird. Demolition um, was always a weird one for me. It was that sadomasochism gimmick, bro. It's S and M. Let's tell it how music, it is.
1: The music was cool. I'll give him that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, spank my ass and call me Charlie. It was cool.
1: Yeah. Um, Axe had a had developed a heart condition at this point, which necessitated Crush being called up and being part of Demolition. And Crush gets into the interview and says that LOD are some second-rate imposters. Indeed. And I I started laughing my ass off.
0: Who need their butts kicked.
1: Yes, they do. <laughs> but yeah, we, they are leading up to their two out of three full tag team title defence against the Hart Foundation, where only two members of Demolition are allowed at ringside, which... Causes its own problems later on. Uh, Mean jeans with the Heart Foundation, and Brett thought it would be Axe and Smash, which it wasn't. You've got Anvil there, like stroking his beard, like laughing and chuckling at any given minute. Um, Anvil isn't paid to think. No,
0: that's correct. I've got that written down. Think, he goes
1: like an Anvil.
0: Yeah, that's right. What What do you think, Anvil? Think? They don't pay me to think. They pay me to be tough like an anvil.
1: Yeah, brilliant.
0: And it's like, settle down, anvil. Brett is like, oh, settle down, anvil. <laughs> I, I still remember, just a quick one, out of when, when you watch Wrestling With Shadows, where you've got, um, where they're doing the promo, and he's like, uh, Brett says to him, yeah, I've got something I think you could say. He's like, we're, we're going to get hungry and forget our manners.
1: Yeah. When he says that, he's like, yeah, we're going to, yeah, you yeah.
0: know, he's got them going through it, and that, it's just... Every time I see Nidar, I always just think of that promo. We're gonna get hungry and we're gonna f- forget our manners, and it's just that's a good one. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, two hearts beating as one. I'm sure that's a song somewhere, but I can't.
0: It was remember. they actually quoted. Yeah, it's um, they said the artist as well in the promo, but I can't remember it is either. And we've just watched it.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's. It's a, it's a. It should have been one of the best matches on the show, should have been. Yeah. It doesn't work out that way. Um, you've got your early technical sort of clinic from Brett. using was, all this, yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. Um, Roddy Piper gets a line in. We ain't looking for dairy products. We fight him. What does yeah. that mean?
0: I I I don't I don't know. Maybe it's a, a Calgary reference to something Canadian.
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, incredibly close two count, which had the fans like going on their Russian leg sweep. Like they were super close.
0: What <clears throat> well, demolition?
1: Uh, no, uh, Brett does the r- Russian leg sweep on one of the demolition, and it's a two count, and the fans were right into it. It was really close call. Because
0: I, and... I I saw um demolition um. Do a Russian leg sweep on Bret Hart as well, and um, later on in the match,
1: Um, Crush gets the first fall after the uh, the double team sort of backbreaker elbow from the second rope. I think it is.
0: Yes, right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And this is where the match falls apart. We were going. We were going so well, and I mean the Hearts win the second fall by DQ.
0: Yeah, because yeah. fucking crush picks up the referee.
1: Yeah,
0: he just like, literally just picks him up and
1: moves him. Considering what other people get away with on this show, it's it's nonsense. Yeah, I don't know who whoever put that one just need to needed a bit of a slap, but wasn't good. Um, even though there's only meant to be two members of Demolition at ringside, Axe does make his way down and swaps with Smash. Smash goes under the ring. Um, Piper is playing cheerleader at this point for the Hearts. I know he's got some connections in Canada and that, and, but he's really into it and going over the top. Um, yeah, go on.
0: No, I was going to say there was a really nice backward slam um, where Anvil takes Brett upside down and slams him onto yeah. Smash, really good. Just before the swap for Axe happens,
1: really good. Um, Vince is trying not to blame the ref, but I've put here. So, it, but it's old oh, fucking Hebner, so whatever. Like, world's worst referee, always has been, always will be.
0: I, I've got, I've got another <laughs> little pointer about Hebner in this mat in this uh, pay per view as well.
1: Fuck another him, little no. point. We always knew he was dodgy, even back in nineteen
0: ninety. <laughs> he does something dodgy in this as well. You see yeah. him pocket a bit of merchandise <laughs> live on air. You see it; it's fucking hilarious.
1: <laughs> something something Earl uh, would be famed for later on. Pocketing <laughs> merchandise, yeah.
0: Literally <laughs> picks it up and puts it in his pocket.
1: <laughs> and with the uh, with axe and all that going on, um, <clears throat> Legion of Doom make their way down. We get an LOD pop. Yep. And, and this is where it gets a little mad because Hawk interferes, pushes Crush off the ropes in clear view of Earl fucking Hebner. And there's no DQ or nothing. And you got a slingshot into the ring from Anvil on Crush. Brett rolls him up, and we got new champions.
0: The ref loses control with this one.
1: Absolutely loses it.
0: Fucking Hebner.
1: <laughs> Earl Hebner. <laughs>
0: Uh, but I'll tell you one good thing as well about this match. Uh, well, there's a there's a couple of good things. The way that um, Anvil was protecting Brett at the end and laughing when they win uh, with his maniacal kind of uh, yeah. laughter, and also um, the Fink has one of the greatest and new tag team yeah. champions in this. Is a really good one.
1: That's, uh, I mean, that's what we remember the Fink for the the great sort of. Call at the end of a championship match, you know. And, and, and no.
0: yeah, it was a it was a good one. It, the and new no from the think in this match was fantastic. One of my favorites.
1: Um, we got a promo for WrestleMania Seven at the LA Memorial Coliseum, which probably could have held about ninety thousand legitimately, but it they don't actually hold it there, and that's another story for probably when we watch WrestleMania Seven. Yeah, but yeah. Um,
0: and it doesn't matter how you get there, it doesn't matter how you get there, just get there was the tagline yeah. for it. And it had loads of people yeah. in different cars. You had Dusty roads on the back of a fucking oh, rubbish, rubbish truck. You had yeah. Million Dollar Man in some 1920s fucking car. You had um, uh, uh, Ravishing Rick Rude running down the running beach. Because that, yeah. uh, that was the promos from that SummerSlam uh, spectacular thing. They yeah. had a load of Rick Rude promos where he's in, he's in the gym, and you've got like, yeah, yeah, the Ultimate Warrior painted on like a punch ball, and he's like, yeah, and you have got Bobby Heenan going, yeah, just punch him, Rick, punch him, punch <laughs> him, like, There's please, people, watch, watch that just for the Rick Rude promos, really good.
1: Um, we've got Mean Gene with the LOD uh, in the back, another cutaway, like this just keeps going on. Um, Hawk calls demolition micro mini men in the big man's world. I'm not sure. Like, what's he taking?
0: <laughs> oh, weird.
1: And the, the best part of this interview is when the hearts turn up. They say they'll take on anyone, not a problem. And Hawk strokes Anvil's beard.
0: Yeah, dude, I've got that on there as well. He's literally reaches forward and starts, like, wanking his beard off. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to put it in no other way. Um, Very good. You know, and the anvil when he drops, we don't care if it's two on two, three on two, or ten on ten. It's like, what are you yeah. saying, anvil? <laughs> what are you saying, Jim? Um, but it was um, it was good, yeah, and it was finished off with Hawk rubbing the anvil's beard, which was fantastic stuff.
1: I mean, how anvil stayed straight on that, I don't know, because I would I would have cracked up. I would have been gone. It's
0: brilliant. It, it was absolutely And we forget, um, or people forget, that Anvil goes quite way back. Um, Jim the Anvil, he, he goes way back to Memphis. Um, you know, he, he goes way back, way, way back. You know, he, he's been in the business, you know, even a while before this point, you know.
1: Uh, Sean Mooney... Outside an angry demolition dressing room. Tries to open the door. They slam it shut. We move on. Mean Gene with Sensational Queen Sherry. Uh, this is... I mean, it's a good interview. But it's just a bit... Like, she asks if Sapphire is a UFO. That's why they can't find her. Yeah, because...
0: And... Like, oh, no. Because he says, oh, they've been having... um plenty of um sapphire sightings and she's like sightings what is she a ufo and then she talks about rumors that have been going around
1: and if the rumors were true she'd be the smartest woman in the wwf yeah um i've got the intermission at this point have you got that
0: um can i just cover one little thing that sherry says as well which is a great end line to this interview And they cut it straight after. And it's fucking fantastic where they're talking and that. And she's like, you know, um, Jean says to her something about, oh, so you're what? I can't believe you're disrespecting this, this missing person. She's like, hold on a minute. I said she was missing. I didn't say anything about her being a person. And it's just (laughs) that's when it cuts. And Sherry just, yeah, she looks a million bucks in this man. And she's like doing hysterical laughter and that and like screeching and, Really good promo, good good shit.
1: Who who was better in an interview with Mean Gene? I'm I'm going to ask you this: Was it Sherry or was it Woman? Ah, oh, now women... you're asking
0: you're yeah. asking a question there, dude. Because in all of wrestling, okay, in all of the things that I love in wrestling, I don't think there's many more things that I love than seeing Woman doing a promo with Mean Gene Oakland and him. Just being just aroused, but not wanting to be aroused. Like yeah. he loves her, but he doesn't want to love her. And she's just trying to, it is just absolute gold. It is absolute it is. gold. Yeah. We we covered um, a WCW event in one of our previous episodes, Bash at the Beach. And the promo with Woman and Mean Gene Oakland was absolutely 11 out of 10 stuff. Yeah. It was absolute gold. So I would probably say woman, man, in the later years of WCW, you know, when when Rick Flair's saying, ah, oh, if, if she comes onto you any harder than that, Gene, you're gonna be up with us in the hotel room partying tonight. You know? <laughs> Good shit, man. Good well, shit.
1: I had to ask, yeah. I had to ask because I know I know you like you, you know, we we both like Sherry and woman like working in, in oh, the interview. So.
0: Fantastic. I, I um, mean, two he... of the greatest women in wrestling. Of all time, I I would say. You know?
1: Gene tells us we're going to intermission and tells us what's coming up. This is on the network. I don't know if you've got this bit. But he tells us what's coming up next and all that. Like, they Um, just run through the second half of the show with the matches.
0: I don't think I've got that, but I have got a bit later on where Mooney does, like, a catch-up. But I think next I've got... um, Next I've got Mooney and... <laughs> Duggan and Volkov.
1: Okay. I've got um I've got a sneak peek of the Harlem sewer rat.
0: Mm, I didn't get that.
1: Uh yeah. Um they basically someone just goes up to the cage with a camera and you just see this rat like trying to take a bite out of the cage. It's it's a almost a four or five second clip. It's nothing.
0: Of the of I the go. of the Harlem sewer rat, yeah. which would be in the match that is coming up.
1: And I've got uh, Mean Gene with the Big Boss Man on his own. Uh, he says that he'll uphold the law and he's not afraid of anything.
0: Because he's uh, a guest referee in that match.
1: He will be, yeah, he will be the referee in the Jake the Snake and Bad News Brown match. Uh, and then I've got Sean Mooney again. Jesus like, this is what I'm talking about. This is where it just keeps coming.
0: So many promos. So many promos in this.
1: Moonheed with Duggan and Volkoff. Uh, oh. Jim Duggan and Nikolai. And Volkoff, with the best line of the whole, possibly the whole fucking show, says that Jim Duggan is his idol.
0: Yeah, Jim Duggan is his idol. And and, 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 he, and then he go, they talk about the um, the Orient Express, and, and Volkov goes, huh, we've got the American Express. And it's American just like, oh, story. fuck off, Volkov. <laughs> There's one of my favourite segments in this in this pay per view as well, where um, a certain character we I won't spoil it yet. A certain character talks about Nikolai Volkov um, in a disrespectful way, and I just fucking loved all of it. It was great. <laughs> um, yeah, because I mean Volkov, and also let's not forget Nikolai Volkov was would later be a part of the million dollar. Um, stable and instead of having dollar signs he would have cent signs on his uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> something on his else we briefly spoke about on our Wrestlemania 11 Indeed, show. yes indeed um, we've got Mean Gene again and he's this time he's with Earthquake and I believe you've got something for us
0: yeah, dude. Yeah, we've got this. I mean, this event as well, 1990 leading into 1990, 1991 would be your prime Hasbro figure era. This is the era of the Hasbro figure. So shout out again to um, Renee Hadjek, um, you know, in the WWF Hasbro Universe group and the WWF Hasbro Generation group. Big up yourselves, people. Um, and yes, we have got Earthquake. Uh, this is Hasbro. This is Hasbro territory, mate. 1990, 1991 Um, yes, and that is another a little bit of merchandise that we have here. An earthquake, aka John Tenta.
1: aka Shark, aka, AKA M- Shark. Sharks would also
0: get a mention in this pay-per-view in a later yeah, promo.
1: That works. Um. <laughs>
0: Just heads up. <laughs>
1: Gene is with uh, Earthquake, uh, Dino Bravo, and Jimmy Hart. Uh, Earthquake blames Tugboat for Hogan's return. Says Hogan made the most foolish decision of his career to come back. And there'll be two stretches at ringside for Hogan and Bossman. And Dino Bravo says he'll take care of them. Yeah. Quake says to put in a call to the Red Cross.
0: <laughs> yeah, and have your have your ambulances in a row.
1: Yeah, because this is an earthquake you can predict. It's just it's just crazy. Like,
0: it's good stuff, man. Uh, one thing that annoyed me always about Earthquakes promos, he would make me dizzy while I was watching him because he would always be rocking side to yeah. side. Always, it would like you know, without doubt, all the time, just side to side. It was like he wanted to be keen the African dream. Like what I, think,
1: what? I think it was a good little, uh, little add-on to the gimmick. Just he was just always bouncing, always ready, always causing tremors as such.
0: Ah, uh, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I'll. He's probably not. He's probably just a little bit hyperactive. But
0: cocaine's a hell of a drug, man. This was
1: 1990. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sean Mooney again. Like, there's no matches anymore. Um, Sean Mooney with Jake the Snake. They don't call him the snake for nothing, he says. Dude, the snake c- keeps trying to wrap around This Jake's is,
0: neck. without doubt, for me, the best Jake promo he's ever done. Without doubt.
1: Is that because the snake keeps trying to wrap itself around his neck?
0: Partly, and the fact that he never lost it.
1: He can, um, yeah, like a real pro, he just carries on. And
0: the like, fact it, of the story he was telling, because he was saying, you know... I don't think this promo is on YouTube, so you have to watch SummerSlam 90 on the network or on VHS to see this promo. I don't think it's on YouTube, but the story he's telling is like, you know, they say we are the company we keep. And he's like, me me and Damien have got a lot in common. He says, but bad news, what have you got in common with these sewer rats? You know? And he's like, it's going to come down to hunger. And he's got this fucking massive. Because this Damien, because there was obviously a few. um, this This was absolutely huge, this snake. And it's wrapping its itself round Jake as he's talking, and he's talking about hunger, and he's got, it's going to be coming down to hunger, you know. Damien's hungry, and he eats rats and all that, and he's talking about, it and he goes, "What what makes the difference between a, a snake like me and a mouse like you, or something like that?" And it's like yeah. it, when he's doing it, he's got this, this tail of the snake just wrapping around his face, and he doesn't he doesn't drop a minute, man. It is yeah. it is an absolutely fucking great promo. Jake the Snake Roberts, big up yourself, mate. This promo was promo 101, mate. It was, yeah. you know, they, they say never work with children or animals, and you're working with Mean Gene and a snake. So you know, it's um, or was it Mo- was it Mooney? Um, uh,
1: it was Mooney, yeah. Was yeah, Moony. so
0: you're working with Mooney and a snake, but it was it was one of the best Jake, if not the best Jake the Snake promos ever. You know,
1: in in my mind, I've got a better one. I've got the one after
0: Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: No, it's the one after he uh, he slaps Elizabeth Tuesday in Texas.
0: Fucking. Yeah. Great promo. I mean, to be honest, we it'd be hard pressed to to say the best Jake promo because he was really good. Um You know, when he was talking about the Bible and the Psalms, you know, it was really Jake the Snake Roberts that helped create the Austin 316 gimmick.
1: I I mean, I'll accept that. I can't imagine many others would. Well, it was because if
0: if he hadn't talked about his Bible and his Psalms and he was talking about John 316... And then Austin said, Well, you talk about your Bible and your Psalms and your John 316. Well, Austin 316 says, I just kicked your ass. And that was at King of the Ring 96. 96,
1: 90, yeah.
0: 96. A great promo from um, Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: So, like, aside from that, that bit there, like, I always remember Doc Hendricks' face when he says it as well. Yeah. His face like, turns like he said a bad word, and it's like. He's,
0: in America, you know, you, they're very like um, when you mention religion, you know, it doesn't always go down well. I mean, we say bloody hell in England, and yeah. in America, you'll be hard pressed to see them say hell on TV or anywhere, you know. So it's one of them things when he was talking about the Bible and Psalms and that. He used
1: to out the word God and stuff, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But yes, I do credit um, Jake the Snake Roberts with being. Someone to help that will basically help create the three sixteen thing because I I think Jake the Snake Robertson Stone Cold had a phone call and they were talking about it and what they what was going to be said and X Y and Z because at that time Jake the Snake Roberts was said to have gotten over his demons and he was talking about the Bible and talking about religion and yeah he was talking about John three sixteen, um so yeah people watch King of the Ring nineteen ninety six. After Stone Cold Steve Austin beats the shit out of Jake the Snake Roberts, that promo there is the beginning of Austin 316. And then at the next event, you would see the Austin 316
1: signs. Signs, yeah. This is just before the T-shirts. Yep. Um, it is Bad News Brown Jake the Snake Roberts. Big boss man is a special referee. Uh, Bad News Brown's already in the ring on my one. Um, yeah. They've got the sewer rack covered up. Yep. The, the inside. Um, now obviously everyone knows that Bad News Brown was a like a bronze medalist in judo or something in the olympics
0: he was he was um um uh yeah ju- judo player um really interesting story with um Bad News Brown you know he went and trained in japan and he would you yeah. know he was legitimately tough legitimately um, well, grappler
1: he's legit legit tough he's just a little bit devoid of charisma but I mean, I'm pretty sure the story about him offering Andre out on the bus and Andre refusing, like, I think that's what got around and made him such a bit of a curious sort of star.
0: H- Hogan said that he, f- it- it bad news said that Hogan come to him later and he said, I thought you had a gun. I thought you was going to shoot him because no one would, would would go after Andre like that unless they had some kind of gun or some yeah. kind of weapon. But, yeah, bad news is a bad motherfucker.
1: Andre, yeah, refused to get off the bus to fight bad news and... I think that sort of cemented his place as a as a tough guy. He's
0: he's yeah. he's also got some really good um stories about Owen in the early days in in Calgary and that in um he in Canada.
1: Yeah. Because
0: apparently Owen when he first came into the business was a bit of a jerk.
1: <laughs> now was he a jerk or was he just pranking like normal?
0: Well, I don't know, man. I think maybe when you come into the business and your 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 dad owns the territory, um, and you get used to being one of the family that run it, you you you're not, you know, you've got that kind of atmosphere around you. You think you kind of own the place, and there's some really good stories where you know bad news had to kind of put him in his place and just say, "Look, man, fuck, you know, it it you need to just play the game," you know. And uh, I mean, Owen was a genuine, genuinely nice guy. Um, anyway, you know, it's widely known he was a nice guy, but when you're young and you're coming up in that environment, you know, you're going to have a bit of a, a ego, you know, and I think it was just bad news Brown had to check him in the early years.
1: Um, this match, like, for a storyline and a match, I thought this was pretty good. Um, Jake is trying for the DDT a lot early to try and put him away and try and get it away. Um, Bad News uses a chair outside the ring. Boss man lets it go. And I have have a problem with this match because the crowd is dead and it's the first match after after the intermission. And you can see, like, whenever they cut, like, to a larger, wider shot, you see a lot of, like, the fans just coming back to their seats. That must have been a bit disappointing for Jake and Bad News.
0: I mean, but you know what? There was still some big pops before Jake when you when he was trying to grab and put the DDT on um there was some really loud DDT chants, DDT yeah. um okay. you know Jake Jake the snake I I mean I I I've just got in this you know um Jake was was just so good he was he was just in the ring. He was just so good. He was never off. You know, he the snarly kind of looks when he's, you know, leaning over the ropes. No, no wasted movement. He was just he was just really good. Um, one one thing you do see in this, though, um, is you actually see Bad News Brown mouth the words push me. To Boschman when he he put he pushes Boschman and then he says yeah. push me and then Boschman taps him and pushes him then he turns around and Jake la- lavers him, um, but yeah I mean this is where, uh again, uh Piper says have you ever smelt bad news, and then Vince goes no why and he goes oh it's chemical warfare again,
1: fuck's sake
0: yeah fucking cra- and like I say let's not forget you know. In, in WrestleMania, Roddy Piper painted himself half black um when um fighting against Bad News Brown. Um he also says if there was have you seen Bad News Brown's head? It's greased up, oiled up, um, Piper says. He says if there was any more oil on his head, it would be um invaded by Arabs.
1: Now if he'd have said it was oiled up so he could get out of the DDT. Yeah. I would, have, I would have taken that and thought, yeah, okay, very good. Yeah. But no, he... Uh, he went he, there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's not good, is it? No. <laughs> yeah, fans, fans are chanting for the DDT. Um, and this match gets ruined because I was quite liking it.
0: It did get ruined. The finish was dog shit.
1: Bad news uses the chair again, and Bossman calls for DQ. Why don't you call for the DQ in the first one?
0: Yeah, I um, mean, I oh, know. I thought it was a count out.
1: No DQ on the uh, with the second chair shot.
0: Oh, and then um, and then uh, Bad News Brown tries to leg drop the snake.
1: Yes, he tries to get to the snake. Uh, Bossman moves it. Um, Bossman and. Bad news are at on the ropes. Jake comes back into the ring, and I've put it just for a laugh. Jake whips it out. <laughs> and, uh, he whips out his snake and chases Bad News Brown out of the arena. He,
0: he's <laughs> really, he's really rough with it as well with a snake. He's,
1: he's rough really, with a snake. He,
0: when he whips it out, he's rough with it. Um, you know, he's throwing it around here willy nilly. Um, <laughs> You know, then, he, we've,
1: become, we've become an innuendo podcast. We have. We, and, and you
0: can't. That, that's the best form of comedy that is, mate. Never gets old. <laughs> um, yeah, he was quite rough with a snake, you know, and the way he, he had it. And this snake is absolutely huge. If you see it stretches out. Oh, he's a big boy. It, it goes from one end of the ring to the other.
1: Big all over like the warlord.
0: Oh, it was big all over like the warlord. It was huge. This snake is absolutely massive. Um. Yeah. Real, real big snake.
1: Um, I've got another <laughs> WrestleMania Seven promo. It's the same one as before. Yep. Before we mentioned uh, mean jeans with demolition. Uh, they said that the hearts cheated. Uh, Crush says that the imposter LOD. You're gonna wish they never walked in the shadow of demolition or something weird like that. Yeah. Like it's odd.
0: And, and, and uh, Smash talks about your careers are going to be dark, bleak, and hopeless when we're finished with you. Yeah, the shadow the shadow of demolition is where your career is going to be. It's going to be dark, bleak, and hopeless. And, yeah, um, yeah not a bad promo, to be honest. Um, they look pissed off. Pretty good.
1: And now we come to, this is, I mean, this was a, I didn't mind this segment. I thought it was Loved quite it.
0: fun. This is the one yeah. I was talking about um, before.
1: We have the podcast king himself, Brother Love, Mister Pritchard. Um, it's his own segment, and uh, Piper calls him Blubber Love.
0: He does indeed.
1: Oh, uh, Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Brother Love says this: the guest is the guest he has now is the man to tell people what to do.
0: He goes because America has become soft; they have yeah. become weak. Um. You need people to tell you what to do. I love Brother Love. Brother Love for me is whenever I do, if I get invited to a fancy dress party, the next fancy dress party I get invited to, if I do any cosplay, is going to be Brother Love. Because, um, you know, it's It's just fantastic stuff. The old preacher kind of gimmick. Um, this was the segment I was talking about earlier where a yeah. character just goes in on Nikolai Volkov because Nikolai yes. Volkov had been he'd turned oh, on um, <clears throat> on his partner and in the SummerSlam what's that thing called what we watched again
1: SummerSlam fever yeah
0: SummerSlam fever that's he it in the SummerSlam fever Boris Zukov and him they they had a, they had a match and basically uh, Nikolai Volkov got given like a little medal it was like an American, great American.
1: Boy Scouts medal. Or yeah, the Boy
0: Scouts medal, Boy Scouts of America medal, and uh, <laughs> this fucking segment is just pure yeah. heel gold. Who, 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 who is on the um,
1: brother love segment then, dude? Who does we he bring down? Drill, Drill sergeant slaughter.
0: Drill Sergeant
1: Slaughter. He makes his way out. And Piper mocks his jaw, says you can fit the alphabet on his jaw or something like that. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and this is one of the best bits of the segment. Slaughter gets in the ring and hugs brother love. I think it's hilarious. Good stuff, man. Um, great stuff. America has become soft, apparently.
0: They've become weak. And, They've become soft.
1: And Sarge has, you know, a great... He has the Great American Award to bring out. Yep. And... It goes to Brother Love. He, I mean,
0: he searched all over America, dude. Yeah. He searched all over America. Didn't find I anyone don't... that was worthy of this medal. And then he looked in the WWF and found one man who was worthy of this award.
1: I, I get it. I, I feel like Brother Love was probably the best American in the 1990s. Of
0: course he was.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> he was the, the American of all Americans before we had, you know, Jack Swagger and We the People and all that stuff. I mean, real, real American heroes.
0: Before we had the um, American Males as well.
1: Not that fucking song again.
0: (laughs) I had to mention it because I know you love it so much. They're American Males.
1: Damn. Um, Yeah, Sarge declares war on Nikolai Volkov. And he calls him, now this is a lot of name-calling in one sentence, but I've got him calling him a commie, maggot, scum, puke.
0: Yep, commie, maggot, scum, puke. I've got those exact words written down as well.
1: That's a lot to fit into one sentence. Um, And if war broke out tomorrow, because America's so soft, in the Middle East, then the general Saddam Hussein would kick America's butts. Yep and uh, that Pure went over like a, that went over like a fart in church didn't it like that the was fans shat all over it
0: it was fucking <laughs> it was crazy because he says america is too weak to declare war because obviously it was a, it was a military conflict at that point there was no war you know they weren't <laughs> declaring yeah. war and it's just such a cheap heat kind of thing to do um, yeah and he says if war broke out in uh, tomorrow then yeah the uh, Saddam would kick our, uh, the America uh, kick America's butt. So um, yeah,
1: and they hug again.
0: And yeah, because he says, "You America, you have let this commie into your hearts. You have let him into your arms, Nikolai Volkov. You have let him in. You know this commie maggot puke."
1: <laughs> we have another cracking interview up next. It's Sean Mooney with. Mr. Fuji and the Orient Express. So good. Um,
0: so good. So good.
1: USS It's the USA and USSR coming up against honorable Japanese know-how. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Fuji would also go on to say that Dogen has one cross eye and afterwards he'll have two cross eyes.
0: Uh, yeah, and also then you see um Sato next to him doing the old cross eyes as well. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Such a good promo. And he's like, yeah, you've got you've got one you've got one guy, the Russian, and all that, and then yeah, oh, so good, such a good right. promo. Uh,
1: me Mean Jean has found Sapphire, but she shut herself in a shut herself in a room. Yeah. And we get to the Orient Express against Jim Duggan and Nikolai Volkov. Um, it is the same music for Volkov and Duggan that would be used when Lex Luger. Rolls into town three years later as the Lex Express and all that stuff. Um, I found that funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to please rise for a rendition, a beautiful rendition of "God Bless America" from Duggan and Volkov. This is this is good singing.
0: Oh, dude, it's painful. It's um, <laughs> it th- this this match right? It I feel is disrespectful. To um, Tanaka and Sato, to be honest, because the Orient Express were a fucking great tag team. Really good wrestlers. Um, and I've got written down here, quick cheap pop match.
1: From Duggan. Duggan gets a cheap pop in on the microphone.
0: Always. The troops in the Middle East.
1: Yeah, he he went for it and we have a cheap pop.
0: We have a Thank cheap you. pop. Yeah. It is just that the whole match is just... Some cheap pop patriotism, you know
1: Yeah bollocks. It is just um, dog shit. Piper doesn't trust Volkov. No um, Fuji gets stuck in with a cane in one at one point. Brilliant. Um and because it's such a short match and it is you know, Duggan gets the big clothesline and Tanaka sells it brilliantly. Just
0: Yes, he does he gets turned inside out.
1: Yeah, and there you have it, another another it's a throwaway TV match.
0: It's, it had no place... Yeah, had no place on a pay-per-view, bro.
1: Yeah, there we go. Another one, then. You've got Mean Gene again outside uh, Sapphire's room with Dusty. Dusty don't know what's wrong.
0: Um, just quickly as well. After the, um, the Cheap Pop Volkov-Duggan match, right... It pans in the crowd and you see one of the greatest things you will ever see. It's so weird, but so like nineties, it's unbelievable. I swear there's a kid, right, in a pair He's of up pants. As the warrior, dressed up as the warrior, you saw him, right? Dude. He literally was just wearing a pair of pants, had the tassels tied pants on, right? A suit. high yeah. pair of boots and like the the face paint. It it was incredible. It was Amazing. like What the fuck is going on here?
1: Kid was cosplaying before it was cool.
0: Dude, I'm glad you clocked it as well. All I've got is Kid Dressed as Warrior, amazing. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark.
1: I'm not sure if he beats the double denim guy from our last episode with the sting face paint.
0: I don't think you can beat the double denim guy with the sting face paint.
1: But
0: yeah, Kid Dressed as the Warrior was fantastic. Good shit. Sorry, mate. <laughs> yes, dusty roads, banging on Thefire's door. If I need to go to the ring alone, I will go alone. But I come back. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, we've got, and then we've got Sean Mooney on the possibly the most rickety of all ladders in history.
0: So good.
1: Talking to the macho man who cuts an amazing promo on on his uh, on his throne.
0: Really good.
1: You know, really like it's. I mean, I don't don't know how to to big this one up. Like, you've got so much going on in it. But he just, you know, he says, this is not what our forefathers pictured when they pictured the American dream. Yeah. you know, They'd be turning
0: in their graves. They didn't imagine you, Dusty Rhodes, and they're talking about all the rumours to do with Sapphire and all that. And she didn't want to be left with some commoner like you for the rest of her life. She's smart and all this if the rumours are true. So they're selling what what is going to happen. Yeah.
1: This is, yeah, it's absolute brilliant from from the Macho King. Um, And I've got a little bit that. I don't know if, if you caught this or not, but you see the look on Dusty's face just for a couple of seconds when Macho's music hits and the crowd are cheering for him. Dusty turns and looks like a little bit. He's almost like he's annoyed.
0: Yeah, I've I've got but, Dusty looking sad in the middle of the rings for a sec, and I think that was yeah, yeah it must have been the macho king pop.
1: But yeah, because he comes out on this this massive throne and like he's getting cheers like, but he's he's macho king. He's macho. He's Randy Savage. He's gonna get cheered like by some people.
0: I um, um I watched I watched something um the other day. Uh, I, actually, it might have even been yesterday. I watched it where um, Randy Savage and um, Angelo Poffo. there I think it's Memphis when he or, or, or somewhere where he comes in, and he starts um, attacking people and that and going crazy. It, yeah, it's Memphis because the King's not there and he just goes crazy, and the King's not there, and they're like, you wouldn't be acting like this if the King was here, and he's just like, goes in and beats the crap out of people, and he, and he, he, he pulls this banner out, and it, and it just says, macho, macho Man Wants the King, or something like that, Angelo Poffo's holding it one side, the Macho Man's holding it the other side, it's like, I watch a lot of the old Memphis stuff, um, they had one match where it was fucking Freddy Krueger, Versus, yeah, they had like Night Freddy, Nightmare Freddy against, uh, I can't remember who it was, but they were really, Freddy they did want to. Huh? Was it, huh? it was Freddy or Jason or
1: something? Was they it? had Jake, yeah, yeah but was Jason
0: that? was in there as well. They had Jason as well. And it was, um, I can't remember who Freddy was fighting. It was such a crazy match. um, And, and he got the king out to sit out and keep an eye on him and everything. Like, Memphis was crazy, dude. Like, it was it was crazy, um, yeah, and I just I I, I it's only because I recently just watched a thing, yeah, I think it was yesterday where um Randy Savage and Angelo Poffo his old man came came into Memphis when the King weren't there and just literally went absolutely crazy, yeah. um, really really, but absolutely crazy, um, yeah, good stuff, man. And like I say, that that promo there, Macho Man sitting on the throne was. Just phenomenal.
1: Um, before we even, before the match gets started, uh, our million dollar man, Ted DiBiase and Virgil, get to the little platform.
0: You hear the laugh. And, you hear the laugh. Yeah,
1: you hear that laugh, that iconic laugh, which I'm not even going to try and imitate because it would be fucking pointless. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he, tell, he tells us all that everybody has a price, even you, you know. Dusty and
0: even you, common man. He keeps calling he's him common man. Dusty's
1: humiliation.
0: Yeah,
1: because he's the one been sending all the gifts to Safra. I don't know why anyone didn't cotton on sooner. Yeah,
0: um,
1: it was a bag of money. It was, you know, the mink coat and all of that. And Dusty, yeah, uh, Dusty's been humiliated. And then the match starts, and we get a rare Dusty Rhodes drop kick.
0: Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I've got here. Um, you know, Sherry attacks him in the ring as well. It looks like she's... Right, I'm sorry, guys. I might have a dirty mind. But, it like, Dusty's on the edge of the ring. And the way that Sherry puts her knee over his face, it looks like she just sits on his face for a second. Um, and then... <laughs> and then... <laughs> then pulls off like, It's fucking hilarious. But it just looks really weird. Like, she just sits on his face for a second. Um... It's a great match. I mean, anything with Sherry Martell in is is great, yeah. But she attacks him in the ring a couple of times. You get a little Dusty comeback. As you say, you get a really nice Dusty Rhodes um, drop kick. And then Sherry gives...
1: The sad thing about this match is it's a throwaway.
0: It is a throwaway. They could have had a great match.
1: Yeah. um, Savage manages to clobber Dusty with Sherry's purse. And that's it. There's no elbow. There's no, no 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 big time dusty comeback. You know where he stirs the crowd and stuff, and really like it's just and you get cheers as well for the savage pin the win as well. Which is like I mean, this crowd is has turned on a lot of the
0: of ruthless the man. Proper, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Mooney's outside uh, Ted DiBiase's private suite, which looks like a curtain.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a curtain.
1: And uh, yeah, Virgil, Sapphire and Ted um, get catch up, get into, get into that limousine. It says, "Ted says there's nothing that you know money can't buy and all that." Dusty can't quite catch up, and that's the end of that.
0: Chases you see Dusty Rhodes chasing the car.
1: Yeah, you see Virgil
0: it. chasing after Virgil and uh, <laughs> the boss, uh, the Million Dollar Man, as we've covered before. Um, the reason why they called Virgil Virgil was a rib on Dusty Rose, because obviously that's yeah. his real name. And then when he was in WCW, they called him Vincent, Vincent
1: yeah. <laughs> <It's>, uh,
0: <laughs> which never ceases
1: to get a giggle out of pain, me. It's, it's finest.
0: Yeah,
1: good um, shit. Earthquake makes his way to the ring. Piper calls him a warthog. Um, <laughs> I don't think this is. You see, I think this is Piper being a bit of a bit of a prat. I think you know what you're not going to rename him Warthog, are you on the show? So just no. call him Earthquake. Like it's it was you know it sort of reminded me a little bit of Larry Tabisco calling the NWO the New World odour or something like that, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. We kept trying to get that over and it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then uh, we get Mean Gene with Hogan and Bossman, and it's
0: they dedicate it to tugboat. The match they dedicated yeah, the, the match the tugboat,
1: um, which is weird. Because did you ever hear the story about what the plan was if they couldn't get get Sergeant Slaughter in?
0: What if they couldn't get Sergeant Slaughter in on the ship?
1: If, if they couldn't get Slaughter in for this whole anti-American thing, they were going to use tugboat, and he was going to be chic tugboat. Do you it's remember? something. That Something that we've heard, like Bruce Pritchard like told the story on his podcast, something to wrestle with. Shout out to Bruce and Conrad. Hey Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it it's such a wild story that it was going to be Tugboat that what that beat Warrior at Rumble. He was going to be the man to face Hogan at WrestleMania 7. Like if they couldn't get slaughter in, it was going to be chic Tugboat. And I thought, what the fuck is this?
0: I I still remember one of my vivid memories on Superstars when I was growing up as a kid was when Sergeant... The, the thing that I remember um, when I was growing up was, um, like a, a, a fond memory, was when Sergeant Slaughter burnt Hulk Hogan's face. Um, with, uh, yeah, I fucking loved that. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was great. I was never really a maniac. To be honest. Just a
1: wild, just a wild story that you'd like like Bruce Richard told that it was gonna be Sheik Tugboat. And you're like, that would have never got over.
0: And unless they do what they did to Rikishi and they made him the Sultan. Do you remember the Sultan? Yeah. And and you had and but there's another story as well, right? Do you know who was supposed to be the Sultan? Sabah. No. It was supposed Uh-oh. to be Sabu because Sabu, they wanted Sabu to do it. And they say, obviously, his tongue was cut out and they were going to say that his cousin, his uncle was the Sheik, mm-hmm. the Iron Sheik. Yeah. But the fact is, um, he didn't want to do it because he said that would disrespect his real uncle, who was the yeah. original Sheik. Yeah. And he said, look, I, I I can't do it because he actually had a couple of dark matches with WWE or WWF at the time. um, had a couple of dark matches and that, and they said, yeah, we want you to be this Sultan character. Your tongue's been cut out. He's going to be your uncle. And he said, I can't do it because that would disrespect my real uncle, who's the the Sheik, the original Sheik. Um, But then they did, they had the Sultan, which was actually Rikishi, and he had, like, the thing over his mouth, and he never spoke. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a little bit of uh, wrestling... History for you. Uh, But also the tug, the tugboat would become someone else, wouldn't he?
1: He would eventually team up with uh, with earthquake as a typhoon. Typhoon. Have you got typhoon there with you as well?
0: I haven't. I haven't taken him out of cabinet um, because he he didn't exist at this time. So he's still in. He's still in the glass cabinet.
1: I think a Hasbro tugboat might have sold um,
0: people do, people do customs of him there's yeah, a load a lot of yeah, yeah there's a load of customs um I actually sold i had i had two spares I had a spare um this was my this is my spare earthquake and I had a spare typhoon, and I just recently sold my spare typhoon because I think someone's doing a tugboat custom oh
1: sweet, yeah. Yeah, we got the Hogan promo with Bossman, and is it? They uh, Bossman says they have the right to be beaten, and something beaten into silence. Uh, Justice Hogan presiding, and all sorts.
0: Justice and, Judge Hogan presiding, and they, he, yeah. he says, you know, H- Hogan calls him like George, George Bossman Washington, and something yeah. Hogan with some other president, and it's our Third Amendment. And but he says there's also. Uh, another promo where he talks about there's there's four there's four things. Because it used to be train, say your prayers, and your vitamins, but that's in a later, more crazier promo.
1: And, Yeah, it's uh, it's what you're gonna do, you know, when Bossman Hogan, blah blah blah. Yeah. Now, did you notice that Bossman got a bigger pop here than he did on his earlier appearance?
0: Yes, because, but the thing is, though, excuse me, I, I think they thought it was Hogan coming out. So as soon as any music... Yeah, as soon as any music hit, because I've got Boss Man pop, but I think it was they were expecting Hogan, and then Boss Man's music came out, and everyone just popped, and then they saw him come out and thought, oh, it's Boss Man. And then, obviously, when Hogan come out... Because Hogan had been away for a bit, hadn't
1: he? He'd been away filming, yeah. He'd taken some time off to film something. Because I think Hogan... At this point, was possibly thinking he was bigger than wrestling, could maybe break Hollywood. I mean, he doesn't. As much as he wants to think he might have done, he he doesn't, and he you know, he has to keep coming back to wrestling. By you know, not by choice, but probably more for, you know, because he needs it. He needs the money. And this brings me to a bit of memorabilia. Here comes. Uh,
0: Wrestling buddies.
1: So, it's the
0: so if anyone can't can't see it for all our podcast listeners, Jordan JB is holding up one of the original buddies, um WWF buddies of Hulk Hogan.
1: And the mad thing is I've had that since I was about five years old, maybe even four or five years. Like, I don't know how it's held on to its lifespan as long as it has, but
0: I've I've seen um I've seen some people replace the stuffing inside those. And it gives them okay. a whole new lease of life. Yeah, you can, you can. I had, I had uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, um, and that, and I, 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 put him in the wash and everything. They come out really nice. Um, okay. Cause, yeah, there's, there's new buddies, don't they? They've got new ones of like AJ Styles and fucking Roman Reigns and all that.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, they've got new ones. This is the thing that pisses me off about WWF. Anything that they had back in the day, they're recreating now. So they've got a new set of buddies, and all everyone's collecting them now. Um, You've got the Hasbro Retros. They're, well, they're not Hasbro. They're Mattel Retros, but they look like the Hasbros of all the new guys and that. They've even brought out the, the Retro everyone. Ring, you know?
1: I saw the Retro uh, Seth Rollins in there. In the local, was it B and M, one of the discount shops?
0: Yeah, they're like four quid.
1: It was like, yeah, it was going for like four pound, and like I was like, wow, this it must not have taken off.
0: No, it it did take off. I think there's a few of them that are quite common though, but some of them are quite rare, or they seem to be rare, and they were going for quite a bit of money. Um, there, there's a few in my entertainer in the town. I was gonna get, um, like I say, there was a rock, there was a Goldberg. And I was going to get them, but I thought, you know what, fuck it. I don't, I, I don't like the, the idea of it. I think it's just kind of cashing in on, um, on nostalgia. Uh,
1: I've got this again. Um, Hogan pops are fucking ridiculous.
0: Oh, they're. I mean, he's, like, he's. You can talk
1: about LOD pops. You can talk about anyone else's pops, but Hogan pops in the late eighties slash early nineties are something else. They're <laughs> just. They're long. They're you know, the sustained cheers and pops for this guy. And it's like, it's just amazing.
0: He, he looked the business, you know, Hulkamania was huge. You know, the amount of T-shirts and, and bandanas and that that were probably sold, um, you know, it. Th- this, is, um, this is where you see Earl Hebner pocket a piece of merchandise where Hogan comes out with his bandana on, he rips it off in the middle of the ring or it gets ripped off. Then Hebner picks it up yep. and usually it will get chucked out or thrown to the crowd. He fucking puts it in his skyrocket, mate, straight into his pocket. Yep. If there was eBay, then that was straight on eBay. You know, he was yep. selling that to the rats or saying at the end of the, at the, end of the, the event.
1: Yep. You see a Hogan smirk at the uh, the Hogan chants that go up because it's it's loud in there. There's oh, a lot yeah. of Hogan. You just see a slight little smirk like from Hogan. He knows he's making his money this night. It's, he knows he's over. He knows he's the top guy, even though he's not the main event. Um,
0: there, Quake... there's a, sorry, mate. There's another story about Bad News Brown where the Ultimate Warrior Jim Hellwig goes to him, and um, it's when Hogan and Warrior had the main event at Mania. Or, or, I think it was WrestleMania, weren't it? Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior? Yeah,
1: WrestleMania
0: 6. Yeah, and, and WrestleMania basically WrestleMania? he... Um, uh, Helwig, the Warrior, is speaking to Bad News Brown. And he said, yeah, I'm just... You know, I, 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 I'm worried about I, what I'm going to do, you know, asking for money and that. But I know Hogan's getting a million dollars and Bad News Brown says to him, you know, fucking... If he's asking for a million, you ask for a million. You know, you're both in the main event in that there's no main event if there's no you like there's no main event if there's no him so go in there and ask for a million dollars or worst he can say is no and then yeah basically the ultimate warrior takes his advice and uh, goes in there and vince says to him you know what well, how much money do you want for this blah 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 and he said well hogan's getting a million i want a million vince says yeah all right that's fair no problem <laughs> and and then Hellwig comes out and says the bad news yeah he fucking he said yes and then bad news said oh you should buy me dinner and he never did.
1: <laughs> Couldn't even buy a mistake.
0: No, I didn't even buy a mistake, man.
1: Um, quake, earthquake wins the early power battles in this. Um, Hogan is trying to sell that he's you know he's bigger and stronger than he is and stuff, and
0: and that his ribs yeah, are still Hogan hurting.
1: Rolls out to the floor.
0: Yeah, so I I don't think I've history. seen Hogan do that. Yeah.
1: Not since yeah. Not until he turns heel in like '96. Yep. Hogan rolling out to the floor,
0: which we have also covered in one of our previous episodes where we cover <laughs> Bash at the Beach, uh, WCW event, the hill turn held around the world. Please go back and watch our previous episodes.
1: Uh, Hogan does start getting to earthquake, quake won't go down. He's, you know, he's, doing, his, he's doing his best to get him on the floor. When he does get him down, the place goes absolutely berserk. Yeah, again, you know, it's it's I mean, it's minimal storytelling from Hogan, but every little thing that he does seems to get the wildest of cheers, I and mean, it's it's so insane.
0: It's a poor um, match. It's yeah. a really poor match.
1: Earl fucking Hebner has lost control at this point. Um, uh Bravo's in, Bossman's in. There's a double boot from Hogan and Bossman. Man. The Bravo.
0: And, and then, one to Earthquake as well, but it's it's a, a double boot, but it's not just a double boot. They're like are arm in arm, shoulder to yeah. shoulder, like giving each other a, a, a quick hug and they're doing the double boot at the same time. Great uh, stuff.
1: Yeah. <laughs> earthquake goes to the top rope. I thought this was good. Yeah. This is one of the best things about it. He goes to the top rope and gets Hogan with a, with a shot, like just a sort of a one-arm hit. It's... You know, I, I don't think I've ever seen him on the top rope ever again.
0: Apart from on the fucking coins on a pole match.
1: Oh, yeah, the, the coins on a pole match, yeah. And the uh, <laughs> bash at the beach, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Which also yeah. would have boss man involved.
1: The incredibly phallic, yeah, coins in his sock on a pole match. Yeah. Um, Dino Bravo slams Hogan. So I thought Dino Bravo was pretty good. In this whole setup, he played played the role of like earthquake second really well. Didn't try and steal focus or nothing. Didn't try and get himself over.
0: Well, you've you've got Roddy Piper saying, "Oh, you know how ugly ugly girls yeah. will put themselves it, with other fat ugly girls to make themselves look better. That's what Dino Bravo does with Earthquake. Yeah.
1: It's it's so rude. <laughs>
0: He's so
1: rude. Uh, Hogan tries to slam." Earthquake, he crumbles and falls to the ground. <laughs> you get a quake bear hug, which, like, you know, must be to get their wind back. They must have like, you know, your rest hold. And then Hogan goes for a crossbody. Yeah. One of my favorite bits. He goes for a crossbody. Never again, I don't think, as well, for Hogan. This is this is new move territory. Yeah. <laughs> Out of comfort zone stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Earthquake hits the big earthquake finisher twice
0: the spasms from hogan are just crazy when he's lying on the floor like spasming
1: it's uh, yeah he hits the second earthquake and he gets a two count because hogan is gonna hulk up he's gonna do what he's done to every other heel in the wwf since about 1985 yep but the fans lap up every fucking second of it.
0: They eat it up, mate. Proper. Yeah.
1: He sl- he slams him. He you know, he slams Earthquake, he gets the leg drop, but then it get it just descends into more chaos. Hulk slams Earthquake on the table. The table yeah, doesn't break.
0: Outside, yeah. yeah.
1: Outside the ring. Um, and he get Hogan gets the win by count out. Yeah. Um Bossman that Bravo and Earthquake get back into the ring to attack Hogan. Bossman gets a stepladder, of all things. It's not a chair. And he must it must be like made of razor blades or something.
0: Yeah, because it, you can see instantly the marks on Earthquake's back. He like fucking Bossman man lavers him with this like stepladder thing. And even and the in the later interview, finger. you've got um Jimmy Hart saying, look what he's done to his back. But literally instantly, as soon as he hits him, you can just see these welts and these red blood marks on, on, on Earthquake's back. Yeah. It's crazy.
1: Um yeah they chase they chase the guys out. Look, out of there and we've have it's Hogan must pose as someone always puts it. And fuck me, how long is this going for?
0: Longer than the fucking match mate. He starts <laughs> off with a chicken dance when he says, "Oh, they've gone, they're chickens," and he does like a little chicken dance in the middle of the ring, um, boss, boss man, like he goes to go and then boss man drags him back in again. It's like, re- like the whole reluctant, "Oh, oh no, I'm gonna go" kind of thing, and then boss man yeah, like, like drags him back.
1: Cool Rikishi, oh, Rikishi mate. the
0: ring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and <laughs> it, then yeah, it was like the posing was longer than the match, and it's it's this thing here where Hogan is not used to not going on last. Yeah. So he thinks he's just going to eat up all this time, like doing the whole posing and, the you know, that kind of stuff. It's like, dude, get the fuck out of the ring. They've got to put a cage up, mate. You know what I mean? We've
1: still, we've still got a main event to We've still got a here, main yeah. event, bro. Um, Bossman looks like a spare part in this bit. Yeah. He's just sort of standing around. He's not posing. He's not doing any of that. No. Michael says he's posing for nothing. It was a cheap win. And,
0: and it was. It wasn't, I mean, it was a shit match. Yeah. And they keep playing that it's going to happen again. They're going to be having the match again. It's not over.
1: And yeah, I just, yeah, the posing went on forever. I just, I I was sort of expecting it to finish like every couple more seconds and it just, you just kept going and going and going. I'm like, there's still another match to come, right? Yeah. yep. Yeah. <laughs> we finally cut away to Sean Mooney uh, with uh, Rick Rude. And Bobby Heenan. Yeah. And this is a really nice promo, you know, Rude reference Rocky like as we're in Philly. Um he's saying that he's beat he's beat the warrior before, he'll beat him again. Um, and I mean this this bit ends, and this is the best bit for me, you know, because Rude says ain't gonna be no rematch. Yes,
0: right. Because but, yeah, what, it's so good. The, the Rocky references in this, you know, it goes, you know, Rocky came to the spectrum and he was going to fight the, you know, the seemingly unbeatable Apollo yeah. Creed, you know, and then you've got Bobby Heenan saying, yeah, there won't be no sequel, no Rocky 2, 3 or 4, you know, yeah. and then, yeah, Rude says, yeah, there won't ain't going to be no rematch. And it was <laughs> one of the greatest promos, Br- brilliant stuff. I mean, Rude and Heenan together. Good stuff, man.
1: Um, another cutaway. Mean Gene with Dusty Rhodes again. And this is, this is the Dusty promo we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, Dusty calling it emotion. He says he – I mean, this bit did crack me up. He said he offered his innocence to Sapphire.
0: I've, I've got that written down as well. He goes, emotion. <laughs> he goes, the WWF is about – he goes, I offered up my innocence to her. And she took the money, and that's fine. <laughs>
1: like, um, he says the fans are saying, when you're gonna get mean, big dust.
0: Yeah,
1: when are you gonna get, <laughs> you gonna get mean, mean, daddy? <laughs> Great promo. The he's coming for him. And yeah, they do they do end up, I think they have a tag match or something at Royal Rumble 91. Uh yeah. Yeah, him and Dustin. I think Dustin gets a little shot as well.
0: Uh, okay.
1: Um yeah, I think in I think one of the Saturday nights main events, Dust um, Dustin is sitting ringside and gets attacked by Ted and Virgil. So that's something to keep an eye out for. We got. Did you get Alfred Hayes out by the cage?
0: Yes, I did. Saying about yeah. the um, world record time for putting up the cage was something like eight minutes and something. I, and they're going to try and beat seen,
1: it. I've not seen this in the Guinness Book of World Records putting up cages, but.
0: I think that was a dig at Hogan taking up all the time. I think it was a dig at Hogan being in the ring too long. And he said, I've been talking to the guys who are putting up the ring and um, they're saying they're going to try and beat their world record of eight minutes and 46 seconds or something like that. And I think that's a dig at Hogan taking up the time. So they've got to be fucking... Um, He was posing. Yeah. So they've got to be sharpish in putting the cage up.
1: Uh, Mean Gene is with Hulk Hogan. Um... Just
0: quickly, dude, as well. Sorry, mate. Um, Lord Alfred Hayes was a fantastic wrestler. An absolutely yeah. fantastic wrestler. And there's a really great match that is on YouTube, and it's in the AWA days, and it's uh, Alfred Hayes versus Bobby Heenan. Really great oh, match, because okay. people don't seem to realize how much of a good wrestler Bobby Heenan was. So, big up, Lord Alfred Hayes. Um, British wrestlers are just good. I'm sorry, Americans, yeah. but British wrestlers are just bloody good. Technically, some of the moves that you will see British wrestlers do you will you will not see it in an American ring.
1: It's, it's a style, yeah. It's, it's a, a style. style
0: the British wrestling style is fantastic. You've got people, you know, um, like uh, Mal Sanders. You know, you've got people like Lord Alfred Hayes. You know, you, you've got like Lord, Lord Stephen Regal. Um, Doug know? William. No, Stephen, mate. He will always be Stephen Regal.
1: No, no, Doug William.
0: Oh, Doug William. Sorry, I thought yeah. you... <laughs> Dougie Williams, yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, some of the moves that they do, Dougie Williams is great for it as well, where Excellent
1: he ring masters, yeah. You
0: know, just... he 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 would do those old school English wrestling moves. They were moves that we got taught, and they get yeah. passed down you get, you get generation taught, uh, to generation. Where you know, in when you're in the head scissors and you do the turn and you do the handstand and you pop out, things like that, that you just don't see. Um, In an American ring and that match there, Lord Alfred Hayes versus Bobby Heenan. You see all of that. Um, You know, we're going to cover a a British pay-per-view from um, FWA uh, in future. We will do it. And there's a really great match on there with um, Mal Sanders and Steve Gray. And it is like because in British wrestling, they used to do rounds. So you would have the rounds or whatever. Um, and that is like your British wrestling wrestling masterclass. You know, some of the moves and stuff that they're doing, fantastic stuff. So I just had to shout out, I know we've got some American listeners and American viewers, um, but British wrestling, we do represent British wrestling. We love it. And um, we've had some fantastic talents come out of this country. And like you say, British wrestling is its own style in itself.
1: Do we know much about Romanian wrestling?
0: No, we don't. But we have got a few listeners. Big up our Romanian listeners. We have got a few um, yeah, fans <laughs> in Romania that have been downloading the podcast and that on uh, Spotify and uh, Apple iTunes and all that. So, yeah, we, you know, fantastic stuff, man. We love it. We just we, we love it. So we, we again, we shout out everybody that listens, but we have got to give a shout out to British wrestling because yeah. it is. I mean, it, there's a huge history of wrestling in the U.K., absolutely huge history from in the music halls you know and, and 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 um country fates and country fairs and and um holiday camps you know we we've been brought up with 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 wrestling you know with your giant haystacks and your big daddies you know and your Steve Grays and your Mal Sanders and your people like that you know we we've you know and your um Ricky Knight yeah. Ricky Knight, and uh, you know Rollerball Rocco, and all people like that. You know what I mean? Like British wrestling style is is fantastic. And if no one's really watched it, of our American, um, you know, listeners and whatnot, check out some British wrestling. There's some names for you, um, you know, to 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 check out. But yes, Alfred Hayes does say, um, there's a world record attempt to put it up, and I think that's a dig at Hogan for taking the piss with opposing. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but we still have Mean Jean with Hogan. And Hogan says that all the new buildings around the world that are being put up from here to there and everywhere else are now earthquake proof. That's right. Jesus. Um he says he wants to make he wants Jack Tunney to make him the number one contender, and Mean Jean agrees with him. And this is this made me think that they were gonna do Hogan and Warrior at WrestleMania 7, the rematch.
0: Yeah. I I think that's what Hogan's probably pushing for because the reason why he mentions Jack Tunney as well because for people that don't know Jack Tunney was the uh, chairman or the president of the yeah, WWF, the, uh,
1: the on-screen president.
0: That's right. So um, you know, you, you also have Hogan talking about I'm gonna I'm <laughs> gonna drag this big fat dude um around. <laughs> he said I'm gonna drag this big fat dude around the um. You know the buildings and all this kind of stuff. Talking about um, earthquake, and then he he talks about the uh, the four hundred thousand cards and letters that he got when he was off, because obviously they played it that he was injured, and that's why he was out. And then obviously loads of fans were writing to him, so he's saying that he had nearly half a million cards and letters from the Hulkamaniacs. Uh, and then yeah, he starts talking about it. he wants that not he fucking it. Oh, he, 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 (laughs) Hogan, man, like this is—he's just hyped, man. And he goes, there was, there was three tenements, and now there's four tenements. And it's train, do your training, say your prayers, take your vitamins, and believe in yourself. Because if you believe in yourself, like the Hulkamaniacs believed in me, brother, you're going to achieve great things. And then he talks about he's going to go and get a surfboard and he's going to go and buy the biggest surfboard, and he's going to be chasing the sharks, and he's going to jump on a tidal wave. That's right, oh, yeah, a tidal yeah. wave. Fuck.
1: Oh, he just... Talk yeah, about... I, like I said, this is what made me think that they were going to go WrestleMania 7 with Hogan Warrior, the rematch. I think, it, I think it probably would have sold more than Hogan Slaughter.
0: But, weren't, weren't there um, a, a WrestleMania or, or an event where it was supposed to be warrior and he never turned up because his old man died?
1: Um,
0: was that not WrestleMania 7?
1: Not WrestleMania. I think it might have. It was, it was an in-your-house, actually. Was it? Yeah. Um, it was an in-your-house. It was meant to be a six-man as the main event.
0: Right. But I, I, um, I am aware.
1: International incident or something like that.
0: So, yeah. Something happened where Warrior, he, he he didn't go to the show because it he, he was either his dad's funeral, um I think because there's a really good Ultimate Warrior Jim Hellwig shoot interview that was really long and he fucking laid into Hogan, really laid into yeah. Hogan about certain bits and bobs because Hogan would say he was gay and all this kind of stuff. But then the Ultimate Warrior says, yeah, but, you know, Hogan, you uh you let your bloody... You let people shag your misses and all this kind of stuff. Like, you offered...
1: Yeah, brutal time, wasn't
0: it? It was brutal, man. You know, he said, <laughs> you even offered her to me, Terry. Do you remember that, Terry? Like, that... Guys, watch that fucking shoot interview. Just the ultimate warrior, Jim Hellwig, in front of a camera. It's about two hours long. Crazy stuff.
1: <laughs> we've got... Yeah, we've got... Uh... Quick one, saying that with Piper saying that he's picking Rude for the main event. Uh, Shaw Mooney again with Earthquake. See, this just keeps going. There's just too many interviews in this show, and it's it's dragging on. Um, Shaw Mooney with Earthquake and Bravo and Jimmy Hart. Earthquake swears revenge, and Dino Bravo starts like aggressively shouting at the uh, camera, and and then we switch back over to Mean Gene again. I just don't know how many times these guys need to need to talk.
0: There was and it's so yes, yeah, so many promos in this event. Honestly, it is like so many.
1: Um, yeah, Warrior opens with a joke. I didn't know he had stand up comedy in his routine. Yeah, but um, what does Rick Rude and Bobby Heenan have in common with the Liberty Bell? One is cracked, and the other one is a ding dong. Yeah, I, and. Yeah, uh, Mean Gene is trying to laugh, I think, or is intimidated to laugh, I don't know. To,
0: to be honest, though, after that point, it was one hell of a promo. You might not understand everything that he was saying, but he did ramble off a bit, but he did have a point to it. and he, But he talks about, you know, it's his right to be the champion or something like that, inalienable, because they're talking about, obviously, the Liberty Bell and all this kind of stuff to do with, you know, the... The founding fathers and that, and inalienable rights, and all this kind of this is our uh, inalienable right to have the title and that. And it was one hell of a promo, man. It was, um, a, a, after that Liberty Bell gag, it was, uh, it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah it is difficult to decode an the Warrior promo anytime. So I'm not going to start now. It's just, it's wild. Um, the network have dubbed over Rick Rude's music because, you know, we've might have already touched on. And at this point, you can't hear what Vince and Piper are saying. They are talking. You just about make out that they are talking, but I can't decipher what they're saying. So I might have missed something I might not have done.
0: This is why people, videos, (laughs) you get Rick Rude's music, you get him walking (laughs) down, you know, cut the music.
1: And get he talks, this shit, yeah, yeah,
0: he talks about the fat, ugly Pennsylvania pissants. <laughs> Fucking
1: gold, man. Pissants. So good. Um, you know, keep the noise down. All of that stuff is So is good. Gold. Warrior makes his way down. Big pop for the warrior. He. How many times does he run around the ring?
0: Yeah. Almost as many times as Dino Bravo yeah. was running around the ring in the previous match before yeah. Hogan and that got down. But yeah, he was he was he running around the, probably about four times.
1: Um, Warrior starts the match. He climbs into the cage like he climbs in. He doesn't go through the through the door. He starts throwing Rude around like a like Rude bumping like mad like perfect earlier on, just taking shots into the cage. He'd, I'm not sure how he gets cut couldn't see it i,
0: I couldn't see it and i actually thought he might have actually busted him, himself open hard way um rather than uh blading because i actually you know he, he gets thrown i've got in here um they start at the top punching and then literally rude gets thrown into every side of the cage yeah. some some of them twice and he gets thrown headfirst into him and i don't know if he you know I I I don't know if he if if he if it was genuine you know busted open because you know he gets busted open early.
1: Uh, disappointingly, this would be Ravishing Rick last in ring in ring appearance on a on a WWF pay per view,
0: which is sad.
1: Yeah, because I mean I don't know obviously we don't really know the ins and outs. I know he got. He gets let go just before Survivor Series. <clears throat> but, I mean, Rube was money. And he went on to prove that when he went to WCW later on. Um, I'm, I'm sure This is a big loss for the WWF, I think, him going. Because he, he's going from main event in SummerSlam to not being on the show at all. I think that's crazy.
0: It is crazy. He was gold in the ring. He was an absolutely fucking great performer on the mic and in promos. He was absolutely fantastic. If you if you look at the promos and that that they were doing, like I say on the on the SummerSlam Sizzler thing that we watched, the promo thing, um, SummerSlam Fever, um, you you see they have a whole segment of all these different things that Rick Rude's doing. So he's running on the beach with Bobby Heenan. He's in the, the, doing with the punch bag that's got the warrior's face on it. You know, his promo's absolutely gold. As a character, ravishing Rick Rude as a heel. I thought he would have made an absolutely fantastic heel champion.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: I don't know why they didn't put the strap on him.
1: Uh, I mean...
0: Because maybe they were setting well, up Hogan, for Hogan, Hogan
1: Warrior. was champion for a majority of that time, wasn't he? Yeah,
0: you know, Hogan
1: I... Hogan was dropping it to Rude. Um, and yeah, maybe, I mean, when you look at it, the way it works out, he could have probably had a run with it. But then, you know, Warrior wouldn't have had a run. Hogan wouldn't have had as long of a run. Again, they put the belt on Sarge, so maybe he could have done it then, but he's gone by then, so... It
0: it would have been great, you know, because the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Erich, won the Intercontinental Championship off of uh, Mr. Perfect, who is arguably one of the best Intercontinental Champions that they ever had, and it would have been great if they would have had the Heenan family have both the belts, and it just would have been great. You know, they would have been winning by Healy Ways. You know, obviously, they don't like to put the... um the the straps on you know um, the they don't like to put the straps on heels for too long but it, no. I think it's good to have heel champions I think it, it I think you need to
1: yeah it's I mean this is a this is a slugfest this one isn't it It's
0: and I've I've got down here because what there is a a comeback from Rick Rude where he starts smashing the Warrior into the cages and I've got down here yeah. the Warrior sells better than Melenko. um <laughs> So you, <laughs> you, you've you got the ultimate warrior who is, is supposed to be like an animal, you know. I and thought even, this
1: is going to be a Milenko-free show.
0: Even No, never. Um, even, he, <laughs> even he sells when he's supposed <laughs> to.
1: Oh, no. I don't know what to say.
0: <laughs> I knew you'd like that. I didn't tell you that oh, in the prelims. No. But, yeah, I just got it written down here. Warrior sells better than Milenko. And Heenan Heenan slams the door on the Warrior's face as well, which is another good moment to this. Because it's not Uh, a particularly long main event either.
1: I I think they give it about nine minutes.
0: Yeah, it's not long at all.
1: And, again, they've obviously put one or two too many matches on the show, far too many interviews. Yeah. And yeah, this isn't this isn't a long match. It is full of, you know, bits and pieces. You know, Heenan does slam the cage on Warrior's head. Rude does get a Rude Awakening in. Um, Rude climbs to the top of the cage. She now when they do highlight footage of old WWF stuff and like you see Snooker jumping and diving from the top of the cage and all that, never had Rude in it. No. And rude goes from the top of the cage to hit Warrior once with a like a clothesline or something. Then relax, tries it. Relax, relax, yeah. Yeah. Um, Rude tries to get out of the cage through the door, which is cue for Warrior to pull his trunks down. Yeah. His ass out.
0: Bare bear <laughs> um, bare ass Rude. And, and it's because, funny, as a kid, that was a thing that I, I remember as a kid. Um, Rick Rude's bare ass, so again, he's getting pulled back into the cage.
1: Uh, he pulls <laughs> healing in whilst he's pulling him back in. Yeah. Yeah, in case takes a couple of shots.
0: Heenan um, Eden bumps like an absolute superstar in this as well. You know, yeah. Heenan, he takes an atomic drop and then flies out of where the door is. And he, it's yeah, just perfect. Really you know, it, it's it's brilliant. Watch Heenan's work in this. Fantastic.
1: Warrior yeah. gets a, he picks up Rude for a press slam, drops him down and then just climbs out, climbs out the cage. He does a little hip swivel on the way out. Yep. For some reason.
0: Yep. Yeah. He does a little gyrate <laughs> while he's climbing down the
1: cage. And it's your winner and still champion. He picks up his wonderful blue winged eagle belt.
0: I loved that belt when I was going. I loved it because he had it in a couple of different colors, didn't he?
1: Yeah, and still champion.
0: That's right. As as, as, he, as as people who are listening to the podcast won't be able to see, Jordan's holding up one of the WWF buddies, and this time it's the Ultimate Warrior with the championship belt. Yeah. Um, God, I bet that pissed off Hogan, didn't it? Is Hogan's one got a belt? Uh,
1: yeah, Hogan's one has got a championship belt. So has Warriors, but that was the only one. Like... Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. LOD didn't have one.
0: Uh, Jake the Snake.
1: Boss Man.
0: Million Dollar Man.
1: Did he have the Million Dollar Belt? Yes, his way? yeah, he did. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah, Warrior climbs back up to the top of the cage, holds up the title, he said... A nice sort of visual swings the tight around his head, he's
0: swinging it like a lasso, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He gets back into the ring and does another hip swivel, yeah. And uh, we get the, the Vince McMahon. So long, everybody, yep. Now, is that the end, or do you have anything extra?
0: Uh, no, my last line is swings belt on top, gets back in, gyrates, gyrates, yeah, that's 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 me, <laughs> mate. I got nothing else.
1: It says he's got bonus, uh, exclusive, never seen before, seen footage. I mean,
0: I think that's um, or bonus exclusive footage, maybe that wasn't shown on the on the night.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's not the best pay per view.
0: Not really. I think um, we we like it, and obviously, I've got another little bit of merch here as well. Another bit of another Hasbro, which is wow. the Ultimate Warrior. With the old press slam action, um, and this is prime yeah, yeah, nice time kind of for quality. you know it's your prime time for your Hasbro's. Yeah, um, you know this is 1990 coming into 91 WWF. Well,
1: pretty much, pretty much everyone on the on there, apart from maybe Bad News Brown on on the on the VHS sleeve and Dino Bravo, you know, all the wrestlers had a Hasbro.
0: Yep, yep, Texas That's Tornado. Nice. Um, yeah, they all, they all had Hasbros. Yeah. Dusty Rhodes.
1: Yeah. Dusty, the, uh, he's the, uh, he's the white rabbit, isn't he? That one.
0: Yeah. He's an elusive one.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've all got Hasbros. They're all, yeah, it's all good stuff. I mean, apart from the Rick Rude Hasbro, I was never a fan of that one.
0: No, but, we, we've, we've covered that before, haven't we? It was a bit cheap yeah. and crappy and they used the same thing for the, um, Ric Flair.
1: For Ric Flair and possibly for one, two, three kid.
0: Yes, and it, yes, one, two, three mm-hmm. kid. That's another um, elusive figure. The one, two, three kid has, yeah. Um.
1: So yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's not a great show. It's not, you know, it. I mean, it does bring back a lot of nostalgia and a lot of good memories from like when you did watch it, and so if there are may way better pay per views around it, you know, like even the Survivor Series you know, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, all around that time were much better stuff. But it's it's good nostalgia and it's good fun.
0: Yeah I, I I enjoyed it just for watching it back and that. Um the the highlights for me were obviously Bobby the Brain Heenan, Mr. Perfect, Ravishing Rick Rude. Um the, I think the, and and the um even though we complain that there's a lot of promos, I think the, the high points of it well, probably the pro- some of the promos.
1: Yeah. Some good promos. I mean, there were too, uh, too many promos on this show.
0: There were too many. But the, like I say, the, the Macho Man promo was gold. Dusty Rhodes was really good. Um, Jake the Snakes was really good. Perfects were great. Um, Rick Rudes were good stuff. Um, you know, the Ultimate Warriors was a really good one. Um even the Hulk Hogan final one with the surfboard sharks and that was because he 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 then does the motorbike backwards thing where you, you know Yeah,
1: he makes he makes a valid point like that he wants to be number one contender and stuff. So it does have a bit of a
0: a point to it.
1: Yeah, it has a point to it.
0: <clears throat> so yeah, uh, yeah no, it was, it was overall it was pretty good. You know, highlights and match wise was Ravishing Rick Rude and Warrior match was pretty good. Um Bad News Brown and the Snake. Um you know, not, not bad overall. Not, you know, not the greatest, but not bad overall for its time.
1: Yeah, and promos is, yeah. were the
0: high point, I would say, even though there was too many.
1: You got any uh, any thank yous or shout outs for us?
0: Um, Just thank you to everyone. <laughs> that I mean, like I say, I still can't get over our last episode, how many views we've got compared to the rest of them. And it's, you know, we're hoping that this is going to be... um. The way forward that every episode's going to get that, you know, I think it might be um, likely to the places where we've posted it, you know, and and, and people that are watching it. But we I would really love it if we could get more subs on YouTube. Because as, as you know, I mean, we, we love it that people download our stuff on Apple, iTunes, podcasts and stuff like that and um, Spotify and Podbean and Deezer and all these places. But YouTube is the place where, you know, we've got a visual podcast. You can see when we bring out little figures and when Jordan's got, you know, we try and bring stuff out every every episode and um the thing with youtube is you know you can't really get that exposure but we 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 need subscribers so you know if you if you like our content and you like what we're doing just subscribe give us a like and a subscribe um just subscribe to the channel. That'd be or, great. Or a
1: comment, anything. Or just, a comment, you know, yeah, that anything, engagement,
0: because we will be engaging with, we try and engage with people on Twitter, at Chat Grapple Pops on Twitter, and we will engage with you on YouTube as well. If you comment in the comments, we will we will engage with you and chat, and we love that engagement, and it helps to boost the channel as well. So, we would really we really appreciate everybody that watches and listens, but we'd really love it if you could bang us a subscribe. That would be absolutely fantastic. And uh, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, bro. We're yeah, just going to yeah. keep, you know, we're going to keep doing it.
1: Just quickly, thank you to Tree of Life Framing dot com for the hoodies. You know, we love them. Get get onto them. They, they'll frame anything just like. I'm not even going to say it. I wanted to say it, but I'm still not going to say it.
0: Uh, in another episode. That's like an in yeah. joke with us. We, 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 yeah, that's we, another
1: episode. That's another afraid.
0: episode. Um,
1: um, also, thank you to at Tyrant Tales on Twitter and Instagram This uh, for the excellent cartoon of uh, Chris and me. Uh, we will show it. We will stick it up, probably on Twitter or Something this like in the next couple of days, but yeah, this was this was incredible when we saw this. We only got it today, and unbelievable, it, really it, good work.
0: It's great stuff, man. Like to to have to have someone that's listened to the podcast and that it, draw a cartoon character, and especially how good he is as well, man. They're like they're, Brilliant. I mean, absolutely fantastic talent. Um, yeah, and to have yeah, your own. Yeah
1: to mention Coy- Coyote Peterson's number one comic artist, Tyrant Tales.
0: Tyrant, Tales.
1: Tyrant Tales, yeah, Tales as in a rat's tail. It is about a, a, a it made, the main comic strip is about a rat who has decided to go rogue and go crazy. So, you know, it's a, it's weird and fun, and you know everyone check it out.
0: And it Anyone ties in with that? the Harlem, the Harlem sewer rat of uh, Bad News Seward
1: Brown. Rat, yeah, I,
0: have
1: done it, I didn't think, but. We should have done it a little bit earlier with the Harlem sewer rat.
0: Shit, we should have, man. But Tyron Tails, man. Honestly, thank you so much, man. The pictures that you've drawn of us, we will have new merchandise of myself and Jordan's cartoon characters on T-shirts very soon.
1: And yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's that's it for us, isn't it? For today. Yeah. Uh, we haven't decided what we're going to watch next. We haven't come up. We haven't got that far. We never do for some reason. Um, but again we're not we're not organizing that way we like to just watch wrestling that's all it is we
0: love to i mean I, I would like to um you know we it probably won't be a wwf show because we like to alternate it so it will probably be a wcw show or an ecw show which we've spoken about doing an ecw show um but yeah it it will be within the, the next week we like to bang at least one out a week and um we yeah we're just going to keep doing it thank you to everybody who's listening on all the podcast forums um on on youtube watching the video podcast and yeah thanks jordan again mate uh thank every you. week just love it man
1: going to like and subscribe
0: like and subscribe please please subscribe we want to get those subscriptions up because When the lockdown is fully over, as I keep saying, myself and Jordan will be going to wrestling shows. It won't just be us in little boxes. You will be able to see us out and about. And we do have a lot of wrestling shows around the area where we live. Um, You know, so we will be going, you know, we will be going to them and you will see us out and about wearing the hoodies, wearing the T-shirts, meeting wrestlers, talking to wrestlers. Um, So please give us a subscribe so then we can get more viewers when we do that kind of stuff. But, yeah, thanks to everybody for joining us. This has been SummerSlam 1990 WWF. I have been Chris Dredd. and, And JB. And Jordan has been JB. So, yeah, thanks, everyone, for watching. And we'll catch you on our next video.
1: Thank you, guys. Stay safe.
0: Peace.